It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening, the podcast. I'm your captain, Jim Bob Shorts, and tonight our special guests are another group of podcaster guys that I found in that Instagram family of podcasters that I have that go by the show, The Cult of Conspiracy Podcast. Oh man, this is going to be a really fun night, man. This is a pair of guys that totally come from two different walks of life, but are both in the goal of one goal like the same mindset of one goal and that's helping you open your third eye and you know maybe see the reality of things of how they are man we're i, I can tell you this much is that it's going to be a fantastic conversation tonight and the likes of Luis and bandit are here to join me and i, I am just looking forward to how this one's going to go down because i've been following these guys for a little while and they're pretty cool but of course you guys know that anything we talk about tonight and any links to get back to any of our guests and also how to answer the awesome questions for your unconstitutional awakening the podcast stickers you've only got to go to everyone's favorite website on the internet right now that's not going to ban you for anything unconstitutionalawakening.com you're home for everything jim bob oval shorts and the crew man like we've got so much going on over there in the podcast and more section you can find stuff from the show to my show on red pill project to places that we've been guests on on other shows you can find stuff for the hosts over there man there's even ua social you guys need somewhere to go post something that you don't want to get banned for or, or you got banned and want need somewhere to post something that you find is important hop on over here and post it man we're always w- willing and welcome to talk about it while you're there you can check out places to watch if all you do is listen and listen if all you do is watch we're all over so many different streaming apps man there's not a lack of places that you can find us worldwide so i do appreciate you guys of course tuning in and making us kind of feel like we're number one it definitely is great to have all these kind of folks all over the world checking this out man while you're there you can also just check out the show on the website if you want to you know give it a listen while you're hanging out and searching for some of that sweet unconstitutional awakening merch because we've got all kinds of good stuff over there from stickers to shirts to hats to towels man like there's everything working on it one of these days i'm gonna get the I'm going to get this whole flag printed so that you guys can just have a copy of it for your house. But for now, you can get it on a shirt or a sticker. So 
Make sure you check out all that stuff. And also check out our friends at Liberty, Kirk Elliott, PhD, Peachy Key Creations, Mo Can Survival, Brett Pike and ClassicalLearner.com and Homeschools Connected, and Pure Pet Wellness, giving CBD products to all your pets out there to make them, make them feel a little bit better about their life like the rest of us, since we're all kind of getting into that thing nowadays. But of course, links from this episode and links from previous episodes and all kinds of good stuff can be found over there at the website. And You know, I, I try to make sure I keep up with all that stuff for you guys. So I know I can't say thank you enough, and I really do appreciate all the support you guys are out there giving us and all the interactions we get and stuff like that. We keep doing it for you, and we're just going to keep doing it for you guys. So I guess it's time to uh, weigh anchor and set sail on this guy. So let's hop in. Good evening, everyone. So as I was saying in the intro, I've got the hosts of the Cult of Conspiracy. Guys, if you would uh, like to just go ahead and introduce yourself real quick and maybe give yourself a plug before we get too far into anything. Uh, yeah, brother, we are Jonathan and Jacob, the co-host duo of the Cult of Conspiracy. Uh, basically, we are just your average Joe you know, uh, people, I am a Marine Corps vet and I'm also a Christian. So when I take to looking at conspiracies, I look at it through a very, uh, different point of view than my co-host who is very much more of a uh, spiritual call him a hippie, call him a, uh, QHHD hypnotherapist, whatever you want to call it. Cause all of that's applicable. I like to get a little bit weird. Yeah. I like to, um, you know, the name of the, the, the slogan of this show is to open up your third eye. And always. that is always what we're trying to do. And whether we do it uh, via the Christian way, whether we do it via the Hindu way, just call it Whatever. spiritual. Sure. Um, that's really what we tr- what we aim to do for the most part. Yeah. Um, and we do cover a, a, a wide range of oh, yeah. a lot of conspiracy. Like even be... if we don't believe it ourselves, we'll still speak on it. If somebody provides us with enough information, we'll do a little deep dive and we'll, you know, we'll spit on it for an hour. But we also our big thing is listening to the opposition. Right. Our big thing is listening to all points of view from all walks of life, from all angles. Like I said, me and him come from different backgrounds, but we usually arrive at the same conclusion from do two different perspectives. And it makes for a very good back and forth between us, I think. Now, when you get on somebody on the show who has a completely different opinion than either of us, and we respectfully can have an open dialogue and listen to every side of every situation, it's like, look, maybe you'll teach me something I didn't know. Maybe I'll teach you something you didn't know. Perhaps, maybe a little bit of growth and enlightenment could happen at this time. You never fucking know. We don't talk in a phone booth. Nah. You know what I mean? There's a lot yeah. of conspiracy talk where everybody echo agrees chamber, with dog. everybody, the echo chamber, right? Whereas, you know, we kind of bring forth conflicting ideas and somehow always end up at the same conclusion. And um, if we don't come to the same conclusion, we can respectfully agree to disagree. Like, it's going to be fine. Totally okay. So, like... In a way, like, welcome welcome over here for sure, because that's a lot of the ways things are over here, man. We've got a variety of co-hosts that come from all different walks of life, and we we may not agree on absolutely everything to to the core of things, but we found a way to have great conversations with people from all walks of life and trying to find different things about different stuff man from from people that have come across inventions to people that have gone to claim to have gone to inner earth to a dude that said that he talked to bigfoot so like i mean i've i've been I, i'm all heck we even recently had a vice presidential candidate so you know i'm like all over the map I, I like to just bring unity in conversation and stuff and that's something that's a stick of mine in a way that i like that 
you know, everybody on the internet fights and keyboard warriors, you know, there's no face-to-face confrontation, but when you get up here and you have these conversations about these things, you can find that these, these conversations go a lot smoother than they should, regardless of if people agree or disagree, because people show a little bit more respect when you're face-to-face, even if it is on a computer. So once again, I do appreciate you guys definitely joining us tonight, man. We just, we, we just fly off the handle and go a little bit everywhere. I, I, I know we'll all be full of questions and stuff like that. I, I appreciate you kind of laying it all, all the way out there, though, on who you guys are. Yeah. That, that, I, no doubt. I like that. You know, I'm, I'll tell you what, the whole uh, being offended and keyboard warrior bullshit, I am saying if we would enact one law, just bring back an a, a oldie but a goodie, and we bring back traditional dueling, I believe oh, it's oh. it's legal. It's legal to an extent, just not with weapons. But you can legally fight. And have the cops supervise. That is a legal thing in several states. Case maybe Banda knows more on that. Oh, I. It's actually there are still a few states that allow that allow trial by combat. Yes, I've heard of this. However, however, you have to get a judge that's willing to sign off on it. Now, I do believe Kentucky being one of them. (laughs) Apparently, Louisiana, which is where we're based out of. Apparently, we also have that rule. Of trial by combat however go. good fucking luck Find i mean by, yeah. but, but by, by the, the thing is the concept the context of combat to what point obviously they're not going to allow you to combat to death. death but allow you to combat until whoever the other guy gives up or is bleeding to the point of can't stop like can't get, keep going it i mean it's thunderdome you know two men enter one man leave i and i think the one most recently and I do believe it was Kentucky was a guy was in divorce court and he challenged his soon to be ex-wife to, cha- you know, trial by combat. Yeah, ma'am. Which so, anybody who's been in the military understands that, that you go through, you, you end up with a couple of ex-wives. You do. It's like standard practice. And I get it. And if I could have challenged any of mine, gladly. Yeah. I in court. So I feel you on that. And historically speaking, trial by combat did happen between husbands and wives. However, yes. there'd usually be certain handicaps in place for that. Now, uh, I was talking about traditional dueling. I meant like one-shot pistols. That was my intent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. W- which president was it? Was it uh, Jackson that actually did it while he was president and actually killed I somebody? thought it was. I thought it was Adams. We had quite a few presidents that did that, and a few commandants of the Marine Corps. But when some I was did it while pre- I like, think Jackson did it while being president. Oh, I wouldn't doubt that because he was a psycho. <laughs> that man was insane. Yeah, he was just down to fucking brawl. Like, call him a liar. Like, let's go outside. See you at noon. But uh, also, it depends. Like you said, trial by combat. To what terms? Now, look, I do armored combat, bro. I do boo hurt fighting. So if I had another opponent who was equally geared up and we just beat the shit out of each other until one of us conceded and that was trial by combat. Look, I'm here for that fucking smoke, bro. I'm just saying. I just literally saw a bunch of grown men and women uh, in full body armor fighting each other. It was really great. That's what we do. I have a tournament coming up at South Carolina at uh, Clemson University. The, 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 the rule was simply whoever falls first, especially in the when it's like a four, it's a two on two. And then they also do four on four. It's basically when you fall, that's it. You're out. So it's a, I'm actually competing in five on fives all day of February the 3rd. And so basically it is a, a lot of standing judo, right? A lot of uh, uh, Rome, Roman Greco wrestling, uh, a lot of Aikido as far as like body uh, 
mechanics and leverage and throwing your opponent. But then there's also an element of weapons work that's involved with it. On top of wearing 85 to 100 pounds of gear and not being able to breathe or see very well, it's a fucking, it's a good time, man. Let's go with jousting, too. I mean, why not? I would. I would if I had a whole I have I, seen jousting before, and it is. I went to a Renaissance festival, yeah, and it is intense. Jousting is no joke, and I enjoyed. I was just, and I, I, I don't indulge in the whole dress, the the whole. Even though I am considering, I, I, as a grown man, I'd never thought I would do that until I went to one, and I am around. I was around them for the whole day, and I'm like, okay, I okay, I oh, might consider this. Watching the jousting and the combat and everything in full armor, it's just bro. Uh, yeah, the jousting is next level. I have mad respect for those homeboys. However, I a don't have or can afford a horse, and b I don't want to mix the armor and the awkwardness of that with being on a fucking horse. I'm good. I want ground game. Dude. Can we just bring back full on Saturnalia? That's all I want. Uh, uh, I want orgies everywhere, and it just to be acceptable. I, I want it to be acceptable. That's uh, okay. Perfect. Well, eventually, we're we're gonna get there as a society. Um, ever heard heard of uh, Brave New World? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That book. We're, get, uh, we're getting there. It kind of points to uh, constant orgies uh, in the book. They're they're very like uh, subtle about it. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, and the Soma, I mean, we kind of have the Soma. It's just too powerful right now. Fentanyl heroin makes we're you happy. Almost to, we're, we're almost to Caligula anyway. Uh, in certain places, in certain circles, we are already definitely well past Caligula. Hell, depending on what circle you're talking about, we're full on Aleister Crowley at this point. Just saying. I don't even know what Caligula is. I never heard of that Caligula, my Caligula was a crazy emperor. The Roman emperor so crazy, in fact, that he declared war on Poseidon, led his army to the ocean to stab at the ocean for three days. What the fuck was that? Really? Can you all hear us? Can you all hear yes, us? Sir. Yes. What the hell just happened with our audio cut out? Could you all hear us that whole time? Yes. Yes, we heard you. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, he was insane. Massive orgies, massive blood orgies. Like, there's a whole movie around this guy, and they only did the G-rated, and it's still what we would consider porn. Okay. So that guy, then you had Aleister Crowley, who was doing all of that with a massive demonic and drug and sex and esoteric side of shit. But anyway, anyway, what, we no, got no. off on some weird topics already. We just started in this month. So, so what are, so have, you know, you get to talking about kind of these, you know, these orgies and this kind of the Aleister Crowley type a- aspect of things. Me yeah. and Luis have done an unintentional, like, eight hours worth of recording with this guy that went really in depth with I I leave it broke down all the way back at the Frankist, but he has gone he has taken the liberty to basically outline it and I've like followed the tracks and looked at it myself but to outline it all the way back to Spain when they were kicking out the people that were already practicing like weird occult type stuff when, you know, the Christian thing was taken. Well, the more, I mean, the more, when they kicked out the Moors, that was the the Moors. Yeah. But then, but then a lot of them went on to become into like the, the Sabbatians and Turkey and stuff. And they went to become the Frankists and they went to become the Jesuits and things like this. And something that was prominent in the Frankist culture and stuff like that. And these, these different cultures was, 
practicing the mystic arts, but only the bad parts of them, because if you do things that are bad, it's considered good and stuff like that. They believed in this law and of these laws of inversion and like orgies was a prominent thing throughout their practice and stuff like that. And they were always whatever the prominent religion was at the time, they were that on the outside, but they were inwardly, you know, whether whatever group they were at the time, because again, they evolved with names, but you can see where the evolution kind of falls like with, with each group as they grew and kind of just continued like where each one started. And it, it doesn't really run dry, but it, it, they end up becoming a big portion of the Baptist community in the United States later, you know, down the road when they start traveling over and stuff. And it's, it's real interesting to see that. And I don't know. I just like they, it, a lot of people get into these cult type type things and I'm like, man, I think these guys have a big portion to do with a lot of it. And it's so, I don't know, something to look into. When you talk about uh, the occults, especially when you're talking about that time frame in Spain, and like you had said, the Moorish people that were getting kicked out of there at the time, because if I'm not mistaken, Spain at that time was not, it wasn't under the Fatimid Caliphate. It was the, um, shit. If you would have asked me 10 minutes ago, I would have been able to tell you exactly what caliphate that was too. But anyway, beside the point, when the Moors were kicked out of Spain, yeah, they were kicking out the, the quote-unquote Muslims, but also with the Muslims came their secret sects of Muslim, i.e. the Kabbalah, right? Because when the Muslim world came through and took over Egypt, they learned the secrets of the Kabbalah, very similar to the ancient Hebrews who wrote the Kabbalah as a combination of their religion mixed with the uh, demonic Egyptian gods and all their magic, and they made a fucked up amalgamation of it, and then boom, you have the first written documented history of black magic, or so the story goes. What, um, what connection do you, would that Kabbalah have with Jewish Kabbalah? So I believe that they are one and the same, uh, or at least maybe, perhaps, we are talking about the ancient dark magic of ancient Egypt, right? Arguably one of the first civilizations in the world, but especially in that area of the world. When the Hebrews took it and they spun it their way, they got the Kabbalah. When the Moors came and spun it their way, they got something similar, and I think they don't call it the Kabbalah. I want to say they call it Kabbalah. It's like Kabul, which I heard somewhere that that's where the city is named from. I Don't quote me on that. I'm not a thousand percent on it. But um, basically, they took it and made their own amalgamation, their own secret society, their own esoteric rite of Islam through the uh, what I could generally refer to as the Kabbalah. And that that see, that has a lot that falls along the lines of exactly what we're what I was, uh, I guess, getting at too. like they. A lot of them ended up in what is now the modern day Ottoman or was the modern day Ottoman Empire or whatever. And what is what's Turkey now, I guess. And that at that time in the golly, the time frame is way early in the Ottoman Empire, like like way back in the line and stuff. But they're they're these Sabbatians these Sabbatians come along and they were outwardly Muslim, but inwardly Jewish, but they were practicing this inverted Kabbalah, like this backwards version of it. That was just completely, I mean, you know, dark magic, I guess that's the best way to put it. Actually. I like the way you did put that. I, I, I appreciate then, that. And I also don't want to take away from other cultures. Like for instance, around this same time that the Moors are being kicked out of Spain, you look at what, uh, well, 
real quick, Jens. Can y'all hear us still? Yes. Anyway, you look at what's going on in the uh, quote-unquote darkness of the north of Europe at that time, right? Yeah. We still have these very uh, Germanic tribes of people who are worshipping Odin, whether it's Woden or Odin or whatever. They basically are running off the same version of paganism. And they also have some Druidis, uh, Druids that are rocking over in Britannia. They got some shit going down in Ireland. They all have their own spin on this quote-unquote, I want to say dark magic necessarily because i don't necessarily think the uh druids were using this for dark malevolent forces but i'm not going to say that they didn't necessarily come from the same source i'm not going to say that they are or that they are not from the same source but you see what i'm saying i think that when you go across the entire world everybody's got the same basic concept down they may call it something different they may uh spin it a certain way but essentially people have been peopling since the beginning of time you know I think me and you're going to get a lot get along pretty well there, sir. Like that's there's so many things here tonight that people have been percent agree with. Yeah, you know, I mean, Bro, these are. Crazy. I look at a uh, Marcus Aurelius, as a matter of fact, Caesar of Rome at one point in time. Yes. You read his journal, which in reality he probably would be horrified that it was able to be read. These were his private thoughts on shit, and if you read it today. It is so applicable to our world today just on how people behave, how they handle situations. And you really think on it, dude, people have been people in since the beginning of time and they ain't going to stop anytime soon. You know what I mean? I mean, they had even indoor plumbing at that time. So the the fun part of they were using lead pipes. Yeah, and that was what I was about to bring poisoning up. themselves. Yeah. Uh, but those were the Romans. The Greeks were not that stupid. Right. I can't remember what the I think the Greeks were just using iron. Um, but I mean, that's why they compared the fall of the United States to or yeah, Rome with, but with better, it, better Wi-Fi and memes. I mean, it, instead of lead, it's plastic, it's sugar, it's it's porn, it's drugs, it's everything else. Consumerism in a nutshell. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, it's all the fluoride. There's all oh, of. Oh, there's a fluoride too. Yeah. Almost every food we eat I has forgot. formaldehyde in it. It's not just the consumerism. It's oh. the fact that it's forced calcification of our pineal glands because we are consumers who have no choice but to buy poison to put into our bodies. Let's not keep that one well, off. I'm buying. I mean, they're spraying. They're spraying us with heavy metals. I mean, well, well I was going to bring everything. I was going to bring that up. I, I, I was talking to a, a friend of. A friend of mine from another podcast the other day, his name's Ghost. He runs the uh, My Third Eye podcast. I was on with him recently. And um, we, we kind of brought up the food poison part of it. And I was like, well, yeah. I was like, when you have all of your biggest tobacco companies in the world buying your Nabiscos and your crafts and everything else all throughout the 80s, like, of course, that's there's all kinds of great things crammed into, into your food. Like, that's – there's – I definitely, I definitely promote doing as much as you can by yourself and trying to shop local and trade off and stuff like that yourself. Cause like that man going into that public grocery store is a chance nowadays to be real with you. There's so much crap. That's just ridiculous. It's not even real. True. It's very true. I would just like to, to make a statement here. Uh oh. Sure. Okay. So I know we all look at the Kabbalah, uh, a bunch of these oh. other things. We look at them like they're horrible, dark magic things that we should fuck with. I am somebody that is on the other arm of that. Now, I believe, first of all, I, I think that there's just one force. I don't think there's good forces. I don't think there's bad forces. I think there is just one force. Think of Star Wars. They okay. use it the force. 
Right. They use it for the good. They use it for the bad. It's all about the person actually using it. Now, whenever we're talking about the Kabbalah, yes, it may have some dark magic type shit in there, this but guy. there's also a lot of light magic. So, there's a lot of light magic. And if you really want to think about it, all spiritual books have that. It's not just the Kabbalah. You can look at the fucking Bible. And, and I'm sorry, really? I didn't mean to say fucking Bible. No, you're you fine. can look at the Bible and um, I'm sure, dude, I there is to... a whole different version of the Bible that is strictly for the Masons for them to be able to read and code. They have learned and confirm. Correct. And they have, they have learned how to read it in a totally different way than what you read it. Yes. Right. It's so it is encoded. True. It is encoded. Yes, there's a Masonic Bible. Yes, of course there is. But what, and there's also direct translations, which are also read differently because you can look into how ancient Hebrew the translations in many respects because of like even the order simple example when you read japanese and you read it like directly it doesn't make sense because the word will be opposite of the order of which you generally conceive of the sentence and those elements alone now put in five thousand years of history and all that you get problems that's why the king james bible is a probably very so, far from the book says so, so i i hate to interject but i would like to say that here here's the great thing i guess that's throws people in off the wall about me everything that you said to begin with down there bud i was 100 percent in agreement with but everything that he's over here saying now i'm 100 percent in agreement with like um <laughs> i i i believe there's good and bad to the whole like it, like you kind of said the whole force thing. Like there's a, there's a balance of the what the hell's going on there, and well, it depends on the soul of the person. It depends on your intentions on how you're going to use it. I mean, I mean, I'm just talking about as far as like the aspect of the magic that some people call dark magic is still totally the same magic that even Jesus would have used, and people are like, what and. And people are like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I, I get, I get underneath people's skin on a regular basis." But when, and you know, no offense to anybody, but like with being, no, no, I respectfully disagree with that point, but I am willing to listen to your to where you're going with this. I find it fascinating. Absolutely, Jesus was gone for what 32 years before he popped back up in the Bible, and yep. he was he was going around the world studying at all of these mystery schools, just like all of the other ancient mystics have done. The only two sources that ever say this about him are in the Quran and in the uh, Talmud, both of which were trying to negate his teachings. Going to throw that out. Maybe, uh, maybe, but I still totally think he was a traveling Buddhist that was a lot browner than any of us sitting here. Fact, he was not white. He was so, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, like, and, I'm sorry, where did Jesus go for all of those oh, years? Just from right. back. Who was he with that whole time? There's well, rumors that he was. They think he also went to India, and that's why there's so many elements of Hindu of Hindu traditions in his teachings, which is very well connected to it. So, and the, in relationship to the white Jesus, the white Jesus, it was based off Constantine, the emperor, the Roman emperor in the year 400 ish. I believe yeah. that's what the image of Jesus is based out of. 
if I'm not mistaken, the portrait, the actual painting that we think of Jesus with the white robe and the long hair and the super whiteness with the blue eyes. It's actually like uh, Prince Bartholomew of Portugal. Uh, that's a, yeah, it's a more modern, but I forgot. What time period is that? 1400s, 1500s, some shit like that. And it just the so one happened. the one he's just like this, like with the blue and the white. Right. It's yes. just a fucking white uh, dude with long hair. They're like, that's obviously Jesus. Borgia obviously. something, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, dude, I think that all of it really is all connected. All Jesus was, in my opinion, you, I can relate it back to the tarot, although he was, of course, alive before the tarot. If you want to say that, I think that um, that he's the fool. That's it. He's just the fool. He was taking the fool's trip. And I think that, you know, anybody who is in search of any kind of spirituality is on a fool's trip. That's what we're on. It's it's the it's the path of the fool. So I'm not going to lie. I know that what you said probably wasn't meant in a negative light, but I also don't know much about the tarot deck. So like, I know you weren't calling Jesus a fool. I know the fool is like a traveling card and it means all kinds of things. Like, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I don't mean I will point out the knee jerk reaction. I'm just kind of like the fuck. Yeah, yeah. He's not the fool. (laughs) I'm not saying a fool like an idiot. I I know I'm saying like a fool as in like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm just here to learn kind of deal. And I'm just going along my path wherever my spirit takes me. I'm going to learn and I'm going to I'm going to do whatever it is trying to show me. That's the fool. I still stick to my uh, my beliefs as far as what history showed us of who the dude was, but respectfully agree to disagree with you, gents. I'm just saying there's a lot of time that wasn't written down. No doubt. And I believe he was a carpenter in Nazareth, you know, doing his thing, being like perfect and shit. That's just right. Me, but I mean, there are differing beliefs here. We no, believe, no. I mean, he is a I don't know. But you're a Christian. There's 30 years of there. We, we really don't have a record. I don't like no. But also we come at it from very different angles as far as that Facts. goes. Um, I personally don't believe that God sent down a man in uh, human form and turned into God in human form or anything like that. I think he was just somebody who learned a lot of things along the way. And I think that if you prophesize about something for several hundred years and then somebody is finally born and you tell them that he's the savior, well, I mean, I guess you can probably call him the savior. If you tell me that I will be a millionaire, okay. I'll be a millionaire one day and you know it. All three of you, all four of you. Okay. If everybody has just such strong belief that I'm going to be a millionaire. Sure. I will be on the path to being a millionaire. Well, that's on, how the day, on the day where you die, come back to life and walk the earth for 40 days and then like just float up into heaven, witnessed by thousands of people that we have their firsthand accounts. At that time, Jonathan, you got my attention, brother. I also don't believe that he was the only person to ever resurrect. Uh, no, there's actually multiple accounts of that. And so, I don't know. I mean, we're just very different in our beliefs, but we're it's a beautiful thing. We always <laughs> find somewhere in the middle. Well, the with the resurrection, it was more based off the account of the brutality of his torture. That's you know, really... The 40 days after he came back to life, the, the time that he spent on Earth and what he did with that time is witnessed by thousands of people. This is um, over a month after he died on the on the cross and the whole thing and stuff. But anyway, moving on, gentlemen. So y'all show is primarily based around just kind of whatever comes off the top of your head. Are we talking conspiracies? Are we talking government? What is y'all's typical vibe? All all of the above, sir. Like that's just kind of where it goes. We we might hit on something that that just is kind of off the wall and in current events or we die. I think we've only had a few shows where there were actual like focused talking points. Yeah. Fair. 
Where y'all all based out of? I'm down in Georgia. Hard. Kentucky. Oh, Narnia. Cool, cool. New York. I oh. need to escape. I was like, wait, time out. Which part of New York? Because that might be okay or it might really. Oh, he's not in the okay part. He's not in the okay I mean, part. I mean, Bushwick, Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, somebody uh, somebody I know uh, recently, they beat the fuck out of them and then they broke their face. Two 18 year old pieces of shit. Yeah, Brooklyn be wild. It's always something interesting. Then, and then, like, and it's the lower of- crime rate than Manhattan. That's the crazy part. And we've- it's way lower here. And we've got a we, one of our hosts is in Carolina, one's in Florida, and one's in California. So we we got to kind of spread all over the country here. Oh, oh! How'd y'all even hook up to start a show like this? Being from all over God's dreams. So memes. me, so me, Bandit, and Neptune came together because of memes, and then Neptune introduced us to Ox. I I introduced him to Kel. We found Luis along the way and then recently picked up Caitlin because we needed a female voice to voice a few opinions on here that uh, that she, you know, she, she's she's good to have that voice to voice some of those opinions sometimes. So we don't, we don't get too frowned upon when, when we get into a rant about something about men's rights because, you know, it's just so wrong to be a man nowadays. So not gonna lie dude with the whole Britney Griner episode that we did, I thought for sure we were going to see a little a little dip. And listens. I thought the women that listen to our show was gonna get mad. No, yeah. like they, the women that listen to our show, like yo, their brains are working just fine, and they're aware, like yo, female athletes, like no one really gives a fuck about them. I'm sorry. I mean, aren't, aren't they potentially? Well, that person, aren't they potentially intersex, and that's why? Is that the case? Intersex? I read it. They were I've, intersex. I've seen. All right, so I've seen some stuff recently about that. I mean, that, intersex that can make sense. There's people not, like that are intersex. Not only was there there an intersex thing, but there's a child scandal and some crap that she was playing basketball in Russia this entire time too. Like it was. But yeah, she was making her. she was making great money. That's why she was she was she was making a lot more money playing in Russia than she was making in the U.S. That's yeah. why she, they were there. The, uh, one of the Ball brothers wasn't he playing in Russia for a bit? You know who's making a lot of money right now? Victor Boot. Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. Victor Bout is making that cheddar right now and or hanging in a jail cell somewhere in the gulag. We're not a thousand percent. It's, it's either really good or really bad for him right oh, now. Oh, I guarantee uh, he's not in the gulag. He, I think he, 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 he's doing great. I think he's doing. I phenomenal. guarantee he is. He took all of that equipment that we left behind in Afghanistan. He already found I a guarantee. Buyer. He already found a buyer, which would be the people in yeah. Ukraine. Now I want to throw <laughs> fighting the Ukrainians. Let's talk about conspiracy. Now we did an episode on the hastiness of the Afghan withdrawal and why we why American government would just walk out like that, leaving how much was it like one point nine trillion dollars? A lot of money. No, 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 eighty nine billion. But there's eighty nine billion dollars. There's a list of the equipment you can find. It is ridiculous. The majority of the equipment will break. So that risk was not that big. But the small arms, there was a lot of small arms. They left and behind they man, man pad, they, they left behind explosives, man pads, AT4s, oh. uh, um, everything. Who gives a shit about the vehicles? You know, those are garbage without the proper maintenance. Agreed. You're, you're talking about like small small arms, uh, belt-fed weapons, large-caliber sniper rifles. You left Not behind alone. all of that stuff. That can be rerouted and transported anywhere in the world on board a you know 
single engine cargo plane. Facts, but hear me out. You're saying that the equipment is not all shit unless you have the proper maintenance. Well, the vehicles. I'm talking about the vehicles. All right, that's what I'm saying. I am saying. Oh, that yeah. Could get the parts and materials to get the maintenance up and running on all this equipment, and then sell it to Russia for pennies on the dollar. There, there really wasn't that many aircraft and vehicles left behind. It was mostly I'm small arms weapons, room. large caliber weapons, explosives, Nine, man pads. Nine hundred and twenty-three million dollars worth of aircraft. That's what I'm worried about. The trucks. That's do, a that's that's a few aircraft. Break, the, the thing is, the aircraft, Saudi aircraft. The thing is, they all break down. And the thing about it is uh, there was a there was a deal that was done a few years ago, I mean, a few decades ago, and the U.S. sold weapons to this country. But then they took out the, the maintenance package. So they all started to break because <laughs> without the maintenance package, those those parts and the expertise that is very well kept secret. So and this and this and, and this in itself, again, I know it's CNN, but I mean, even if these are these numbers are even close to right, this is. They're talking about nine thousand five nine thousand five hundred and twenty-four air-to-ground missiles. They're talking ninety-six. It says that there's over forty thousand of the military vehicles that were there are still there, and then they're talking about three hundred thousand weapons that are still there, and a million plus specialty munitions still there, like. That's for Russia, who is sending in fifty-five-year-old pawpaws with a Mosin again to the front line. I bet they take those weapons and have a little bit of a field day with them, at least for a couple of months, until oh, they run to shit. Twelve thousand Humvees. Yeah, Humvees are garbage, man. Humvees are fucking trash. You got no, 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 no. I know garbage, man. Garbage. Yes, but I'm just saying that's still a lot of Bro, fucking. But here we out. What? That's why they left them behind. It wasn't worth picking them up. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, what branch were you in? I was Army. Okay, so I was Marines. So hear me out, though. I saw something online that they were selling back these Humvees that were overseas. They were selling to boys for $5,500. Would you buy one of those Humvees for $5,500? There was one just for sale. There was one just for sale up the road at a used car dealership that was a high-back uh, communications, like a soft. 998 it would have been an m998 softback or 1101 or whatever high back maintenance vehicle that was completely gutted and redone they only wanted like 12k for it man i mean it had like 4000 4000 miles on it but i'm still thinking like i'm having like flashbacks like right. i'm like this thing is going to break down and you know i'm not going to have the parts to fix this Where still had the original up that exhaust to start this bitch one fucking time. I'm throwing it in the ditch. Uh, I mean, it had the uh, it had the high snorkel on it. It was it was nice, but I'm just I'm having I'm thinking I'm like those Detroit diesels were notorious for like requiring so much maintenance that it's just not even worth it. it that's AM okay. General is the manufacturer, yeah, yeah. of most of those vehicles, right? The American yeah. who who is currently AM General like supported by who is there a I, for, I completely forgot it was a gm that supports am general yes. who is that who is it yeah. so GM, gm supports am general the military yeah. division yeah. yeah okay but anyway yeah 
Uh, but as far as the uh, vehicles go, I'm not worried about that. The weapons, the explosives, the anti-air weapons, the mortar rounds, the artillery. They can shoot down mil- the commercial airplanes out of the sky. That's the fact. Um, the thing is, it's like with the weapons we've sent into Ukraine, only 30% of the weapons have reached the Ukrainian forces on the front lines. Everything they- else has been split off. They found... Uh, javelin missiles they found um they're in the, serbia and, and the, in Kosovo. they're in the balkans they're in the balkans and oh. uh they found the uh uk version of the javelin already in the balkans um i mean it's ridiculous now i will say this much also to anybody who is keeping up with the war over there uh now that the ukrainians are fucking with the HIMAR uh, artillery system they've got a lot more reach and they're doing a lot of damage to the russians however I want to bring this caveat and either side of the conspiracy fence you're on on this, take that with whatever grain of salt you want. That HIMAR does not fire without the United States DOD's thumbs up. Oh, if we are running the entire oh, operation. That's not a no, question. No, no, no. Yeah. NATO is running the operation. Well, we're, we're even though we're seventy percent of NATO, NATO is still running that operation. Russia is not fighting the Ukraine. Russia is fighting Ukra- or Russia is fighting NATO by proxy right now. Who's the other private military? I forgot. There's a, something with a G. Wagner Group, the Wagner Group, and the commander of the Wagner Group or one of the commanders is seeking asylum in Norway right now. I know, isn't that? Um, I would also, we'll we'll go ahead and bring up um, the uh, laser designator uh, that was recently captured by the Ukrainian forces uh, from the the Wagner group. It it sits on top of your Kevlar and it will tell you from which direction and distance you're being lased by uh, a laser rangefinder or any type of like a PEC-2 or whatever they use now. I've been out for a bit. Uh, any type of um, I'm looking for laser rangefinder right now. Yeah, any type of IR or daytime laser rangefinder. Uh, it'll tell you distance and direction, just Shit. in Russian. It'll be on top of your Kevlar, and you just be walking around it to tell you where you're getting lasers from. At the same time, U.S. forces and NATO forces are relying strongly on um, laser range finding optics. Yeah, you know. So to say that the Russians are just some like caveman military, I also I, I want to I want to throw it out there because I, and I don't want to come off as I'm rooting for Russia because <laughs> I sort of and sort of not you know I don't know um, I I don't think the Russian forces have shown their actual claws yet. You know, I think they it, have that they're that. I don't. Uh, I think I don't they're think that they have, broken. Dude. I think they're that broken. I don't think. I don't they think have. they have. I mean, look at Russian. Look at the look at the history behind Russian tactics, man. You're gonna throw the they garbage at them in drapes. They've oh, lost their best. So. That's the thing. You lose. No, you I don't lose think their so. best with time. Hold on. Pause. 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 Let's look at the history of Russian tactics over the past 300 years. They have never gone to war with any other country and come home without losing half a million men in the last 300. Right. I. Yeah. That's that's a gimme. There's going to be extreme losses. Right. Exactly. They are completely comfortable losing 500,000. They're currently just breaking over six figures right now. Pause. Yeah. Secondly, I think the Russians are 
they had the potential at one time. Everybody thought they were the world's second strongest military because <laughs> yeah. yeah. on paper, when you look at the amount of funding going to their military, when you look at the amount of quote-unquote equipment that they allegedly had, men, armor, weapons, ammo, whatever, when you look at it on paper, they looked like the second strongest military. Yeah. Problem is, no one from the in the entire Russian military prior to this invasion from the private to the general had ever been shot at. Exactly. Since, Chech ever, since Chechnya. I would even argue to say since Afghanistan. And then we could have the conversation about Crimea, even though that was like the entire thing was taken over in a couple of days. So not exactly what I would consider a bunch of uh, experience kicking doors. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when the Russians came up against uh. an equally uh, unequipped and unready force. They had that initial success and they pushed through. But once NATO started giving Ukraine the backing, they started pushing back and it's pretty much gone to a stalemate now that it's gone into the winter. But when you look at the history of Russia, dude, they are kind of a paper tiger. Everybody thought there was some. Oh, yeah. Because everybody still got the red fear from the. So, I mean, so I mean, and 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 China's paper dragon, like they they also have nothing. They or there was a recent two recent exercises determining if China were to invade Taiwan. I know you guys heard about it. And in, in both situations, China lost horrifically. Horribly, yes, it didn't go well for Taiwan. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like make it simple. But the fact that Japan is already uh, in working to develop nuclear weapons, the fact that South Korea is also working the process to build nuclear weapons. Japan said once, I remember a while back, this is before all these wars, we could build, we could have a nuclear bomb in three months. We just have to get basically the okay from the US government because according to the treaties they have, they cannot develop nuclear weapons. But they have one of the strongest naval fleets on Earth. And most people don't know that the Japanese cannot have a standing army. But right. the, the Navy they have is superior to the most of the planet. Now, we also need to take into account that China, while they are a paper dragon in a certain regard, economically, currently, they're a juggernaut. They have put their. They also that's that's the fascinating part. There was a recent report showing that the majority of their economy has not grown since like 2016. And they've been faking everything. Okay, it's so fascinating. When, uh, and I brought this up before on our show. In 2016, when the oil market dropped, right? American companies operating in Afghanistan, like Chevron and Angola and Nigeria, they pulled out because they couldn't afford to keep their people there. When they pulled out, dude, China moved in. Chinese companies, all owned and ran by the CCP, of course, they came in. Every industry around the world that America or the first world has had to take a step back from, China was right there to pick it up for pennies of the dollar. That being said economically china is something to be reckoned with currently however when you look at their population chart when you look at their gdp growth when you look at all of the other factors that play into it dude i do not see china unless some very drastic changes happen on a very deep cultural level i don't know if they'll survive the next 15 years i don't see canada surviving the next 10 i don't see china surviving the next 15 I really don't see Russia surviving this uh, encounter with Ukraine and with NATO, to be completely honest with you, unless they take a big old bite of some humble pie and go home while they still have a home to go back to. Um, there's a lot of shit going on around the world. Turkey's about to invade Syria, right? And no one's going to stop them because we need Turkey's approval to get Finland and Sweden in NATO. So they're pretty much just going to keep their mouth shut and let them take over some territory in Syria. Uh, there's genocides going on all over the country. Nobody gives a fuck about that because it's not what's being pumped on the mainstream media. It, it's a lot of shit, man. 
there's so much so many levels that play into so much shit around the world at any given time it's wild. well technically you, you're literally kind of describing parts of world war three it's just the the, it's the power happen. shift that are going to happen afterwards by 2030 you're right i would say a portion of these countries will but they say china was supposed to have a population collapse i mean their population their by 2050 it'll be six, be potentially imp- 600 million by 2050 that's how yeah, bad it implodes by half in the next 20 to 30 years because of that law for only one child you look at their uh population chart anyone from 20 usually if you have the upper pyramid that's a good thing for one thing or another when you have the downward pyramid that's good for one thing or another whenever your population is straight up cylinder and it's equal on both sides that's when things are bad because stagnant in the world of money and economics is not a good sign no i mean they're 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 like this right now but they're like this is going to be a cylinder but you want to be a cylinder, actually. You want to be a cylinder. You don't want the you don't want the diamond. You want ebbs and flows. You want some growth. You want some drop. You want a little bit of ebb and flow. And but you want basically as little amount of old people as humanly possible. I think you don't want the old people. That's literally just the economics of it. You don't want old people. You want them to basically. You want it as an economy. You want people to die in their sixties. I'm just telling you, that's what they want. Age of the age of uh, raise the age of the working class to where the old people are still being taxed for their income. Now that's the that's the chef's kiss right there for the fucking Treasury Department. Can hey, I that's just for sure? I want to make a point here, no, brother. I know that you know we all get get you know kind of sucked in with all this Russia and Ukraine and who oh who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Both can are we, equally shitty. Can we just not forget yes. something so quick? What we what we shouldn't forget is that there has been propaganda on this shit since day one. Oh, dude, before every, yes. <laughs> every single thing on TV has been nothing but propaganda from video game clips showing that this is what's going on in war. The Talking ghost of the, Kiev goes to Kiev. It's all fiction. Snake Island. Go fuck yourself. That whole nine yards. That's, Snake that's Island was the beginning elaborate. That's been since the beginning of time, though, man. There's been propaganda put out against anything going on in the world. I would like to make a remark. We may get caught up in everything, but I would like to say that don't forget that Jeffrey Epstein didn't hang himself. Right. Well, there's that. Yeah, that definitely didn't kill himself. Um, But I think he's just one of many. I I don't even I mean, I'm sure there's so many islands, dude. That's why whenever we look at a map, we don't know what the fuck we're looking at. We don't know how big. But they just moved islands. That's all they did. They were talking about looking at a map. Let me tell you about Antarctica, sir. Okay. Oh, brother, let me tell you about some Antarctica shit that I've done stumbled upon here recently. Okay, awesome. so I told you I had a friend of mine that worked at that dig site in Miami, right? Allegedly, it is the earliest known human activity of like a civilization that we have on the North American continent. They're, how old now? How are you? 11,000 B.C. No, I no. We found sixty thousand, so oh, it's probably a new one. But I think we found sixty thousand in the Americas. We did, but or that's twenty thousand. Like that's earthen mounds. I'm talking about clay pottery. It's like the type of artifacts they're finding. This is like okay. a. Oh, you oh they found artifacts from eleven thousand years ago because they found bones from like older. But that's great. Yeah, so they think that this was actually a trade hub that was going down in the absolute middle of downtown Miami right now. Long story short, this company. <laughs> who had all these uh, college kids basically going out to the site and digging with very little PPE, knowing full well the site was laced with arsenic, and that's why all of their employees were constantly sick, and they let them keep going regardless. They didn't care. They were paying them. 
and they were only working like in 60 day rotation. So like oh, this was- company's going to get sued into oblivion. Uh, where was this in Miami? Yeah. Yeah. But here's the, here's the double, here's the double whammy on that one, brother. So look, that same company has 130 different categories of different positions open right now to go to Antarctica for six month rotations. How much but are they paying? Cause I need to, uh, I need to, I need to run away for a bit. How much are they paying? I'm just saying if that's the type of safety protocols that they're okay with, I don't want to go to Antarctica where the fucking air will kill you. And that's what they're okay with getting away with. I'm just saying, dog, I'm straight in the, in the bayous of Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? I'm a bitch with the cold. Be honest with you. I don't like the cold either. Oh, dude. If it's below 60, I'm pissed. I mean, it's below zero. <laughs> it's below 60. Zero. That's why I came back home whenever I lived in D.C. for four years, bro. I came back. I don't want to live north of I-10 again. I, th- I, I think it gets so that. cold. If you expose your teeth, you can shatter them. I had a friend of mine living down here, went up to Chicago. She was a traveling nurse. She gets there in the middle of their blizzard that they had a couple of years ago. And the news was like, hey, by the way, make sure you wear a, a bandana over your face or something so the air doesn't collapse your lungs. I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you just normally say was that? Was that Winnipeg? Winnipeg, Canada or something? Chi Town, dude. Chi Rat. Yeah, that was in northern oh. illinois i grew up in northern illinois for most most of most of my life that is not uncommon and it's just why do every, human it, live there yeah I, yeah water I trade money drugs okay so two of the things you just said is bullshit weather and trade the weather is shit and that means no no water 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 trade my bad fine you got me on the said water, water not, not <laughs> no weather no weather is not fun they're like, what kind of what kind of Arctic tribes live in these places, bro? But anyway, just but, the wind. You seen videos of old ladies flying, almost flying away, and people having to grab them because they're literally gonna just f- fly man, off. I lived, I lived up near. Uh, I lived and worked near Lake Erie in Buffalo, New York, for a time, and there, bro, there, Buffalo gets real cold. There was some times that I I remember standing out there that the wind would pick up that I would have to grab on to the I, I worked for a I pumped gas at a, at a service station there and I had to hold on to the fucking pump because my little tiny ass was getting swept out from underneath my feet swept out from underneath me because I'm I'm a little ass dude so like these wind gusts up here just regularly coming off the lake that are negative degrees in the middle of winter just blowing my ass all over the place so yeah I can attest to that shit and I'll I'll never do that again like I'm good it's a cool place to visit during the summer and spring but uh I'll stay down here where I am in the in the south because it's 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 nice. They they send soldiers that are stationed in in Alaska. They send them to Fort Drum, New York, for cold weather training. Yeah, yeah. We got sent to uh Fort Plymouth, was it? It was somewhere in nowhere, Delaware, and that's where we did our our winter training. Yeah two week playing in the snow bullshit where we learned how to build an igloo and then was like all right hold on we can pimp this out we can make this work you know how it is with that grunt life you make things work but anyway so what i was saying though antarctica already has a lot of controversy around it right just as a as a object to as a whole whole. as a whole you look at the antarctic treaty you look at the reports of admiral bird who flew over it you look at uh, the alleged portal to hollow earth. You look at the alleged uh, ice wall for the flat earth community out there. There's there's so many different stories to what Antarctica actually is, quote unquote. The fact that this company is sending this many people out there right now, knowing that they don't give a fuck about safety or PPE, is really interesting to me, bro. Well, Antarctica 
is interesting because it is it is the cog in the machine as far as being able to circumnavigate the globe from north to south. Mm. And so, yeah, anybody can circumnavigate from fucking east to west and it'd still be a, a flat earth. That's still a possibility. Wait, you mean uh, you mean Arctic Antarctica? Most there's not that many planes that fly. Have you guys around. seen this one? So they don't fly by Antarctica for for a very easily understood reason. The the dangers of crashing mean if they crash in water, you can be salvaged. If you crash in Antarctica, you're dead. So it's it's a mix of that. The same thing happens actually in in a few countries in the world that are very mountainous. For example, uh, Burma, Burma, I believe is uh, it's such an isolated country. Bhutan, 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 Bhutan. So Bhutan has one of the most difficult airports on Earth. And to get to Bhutan, you pass by a certain area that is that mountains are so high. Pilots don't want to fly there. So that's part of the reason you don't fly over Antarctica. It's because if you fail, you die. Well, oh. in the ocean, they can rescue you if you potentially crash or yeah. like crash land on water. You could survive. What I mean by right. circumnavigation, I don't technically it doesn't have to be by airplane. You can fucking swim it walk it fly it i don't give a shit it's it's possible to make actual the actual possibility even if you send a drone or something some kind of Mm. robot now i I just want to see that look at this picture now i've brought this up before too now to the flat earth community out there this is a picture showing that the globe is a little bit bigger than what we've been given to understand Mm -hmm. and you know what in all honesty i would actually give this more credence than the flat earth model this makes way more sense to me I because like it still this. accounts for how gravity fucking works. I like this, but yeah, gravity's bullshit. It's but I want to. What's say, this one from? I've never ever seen this. Um, so explain to me. What am I looking at? I'm I'm not even a hundred percent sure. It's been circulating for a little bit now, not too long, but it claims so to be some kind of old document. It's All a right. breakdown of what the alleged, supposed, actual map of the globe is. They believe the Pangea wasn't just what we thought it was. Antarctica is, in fact, an ice wall that surrounds these continents, and it makes it seem like we're on a flat Earth. In reality, Antarctica is the ice wall that holds out the rest of the fucking globe. Hmm. I mean, it, 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 there's, there's a hundred other problems with that, but still interesting. Somebody potentially came up with this one, but yeah, there's a hundred problems with that. Agreed. I, I, we, I, again, we could all be also in a simulation in a computer. Uh, so there's that. Makes your theory hold way more credit than I would like to admit to. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, simulation holds more weight than flat Earth in any given day just because the problems in reality. But they're one and the same, really. How? Because simulation Earth is geocentric based and done, say, for like the the GTA is a simulated Earth, and that's done on a flat plane. But, if but you're living in a simulation, they can make it whatever they want to make yeah. it. But you're also, I mean, it's because you're debating on physics and other elements of reality. I think that's where there's a differentiation. I mean, Jim Bob uh, mentions uh, we are just in a traveling turtle hurtling through inside. space on our, inside the turtle hurtling through space on our way to another planet. And this consciousness of the individuals need to stay awake. So we're currently in a system awake. And we have to live our lives normally, as it takes hundreds of years to get to that star he system. He says it prettier than I do. 
and uh, and when we get there, simulation ends and we exit the machine. Let's not let this detract from the fact that the great flying spaghetti monster made all of this. May his noodly appendage reign forever. Ramen. Ramen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love the turtle theory. That's actually brilliant. I have a couple of turtles myself. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah dude, I mean, theory. turtles are a part of nature. They got the whole, uh, you know, the what is it? Every culture reveres them. Every culture reveres turtles. Yeah, dude, there's definitely something to it. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a true flat earther. All right. Oh I think that as far as flat Earth, I think that gravity's straight up bullshit. Let me tell you then why. Here's, I'm going to give you an example. I, I will happily explain. I'm actually uh, go ahead. so happy that you even brought that up. Please sir. do, sir. And for those just listening, that was Jacob just dropping something to a table and claiming that there is some kind of fucking electromagnetic force pulling it down. Not at all. Uh, I agree that there's gravity. Not let nothing having to do with electromagnets at all. Some kind of force. We'll just say that. Okay. All right. So here's the problem: helium, right? Yeah, it's and I know a lot, of, a lot of people will say, ah, yeah, I heard this one before, but I'm going to reverse engineer this. No, no, I'm listening. So why does helium rise and why is it not being pulled down by gravity, in your opinion? Okay, do you want me to give you an opinion or a math answer? Because sure. both are correct for me. Sure. Because if you look at the periodic table of elements, which we know to be factual because it is math that we can recreate and redo over and over and over again, it's completely not a, a scientific theory. method. It's, it's a scientific confirmed that periodic table of elements that being okay. said helium is lighter than oxygen carbon argon and all the other gases that are on our level of earth so they rise they are literally lighter than the atoms that they are around yes okay Next. great reverse engineering that so you're saying that this helium balloon right here that this. is too light for gravity to pull down yes i can make the the exact opposite argument as for the reason why it's being pulled down is nothing to do with any kind of gravity. It is simply heavier than the air that it is falling through and thus coming to the ground. We can agree. That's, that's the exact opposite. I, th now, you don't need a gravitational force for that. You do, because what's to say what's heavier or lighter? What's to say what the object's mass? The, the gravity that dictates direction. But it also dictates how much it weighs. Right, so like, if I was to put this in a vacuum, it's going to weigh more or less than if I to, was to. to well, it 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 dictates to an extent because there is constant. So, we we determine by a certain amount of newtons is the determination of the force towards the Earth, and depending on your altitude from the Earth to the sky, the force of that gravity dissipates with with the altitude, and. Those two elements, it's mass. The, the answer would be mass determines that. And because helium is very low mass and really shipped to the environment around it, that's why it floats. Same thing when you go underwater and you have something that has air inside of it, which is lighter in density than water, it will go up. But you can do something like shooting a, a gun underwater and you will notice the bullet will stop very quickly because of the opposing forces that's 800 times denser in the water than it is above agreed right I right right all that has, mass has to do with the gravity yes mass has to do with what the object inherently holds within itself inertia is another property here's my question about the mass and the direction of which it will fall okay i mean they always say that the the fastest way to get anywhere is a straight line right sure and so if something is falling I mean, why would it fall any other direction than straight down? That is the most commonsensical thing anyway. But and if it gravity's does not pulling it down, down, how's it falling? What's that? If gravity's not pulling it down, how's it falling? 
it's falling because it's just heavier than the air that it's going through. My but there's a factor of inertia along the route of a throwing of a throw. There's an element of inertia that pushed it forward. My question is this. You're right. The air that is around this vape as we are standing right now, uh-huh. it is lighter than the vape itself, correct? When I drop this, why does it not slam against this wall? Why does it not slam against the roof? Why does it slam towards the ground? Because there is no force. I didn't say anything about force. I'm talking about holding it just like this and I'm yeah. letting go. Why does it go down instead of that way? Whenever the air on this side of it is lighter as well. It's because gravity from the earth being a massive fucking ball is pulling it down. I'm going to disagree on that. That's how physics works. I'm going to disagree on that. Okay. Um, and it's and it's fine. I mean, I get why <laughs> why people would have different views on that. All I'm saying is, dude, is that you got to look at where we're where we're getting all this science fit. Why where we're getting it all from? It's all, we're getting it from fucking people who have the money but, to. But the thing it. is, you also have to understand that it's from thousands of years of observation from the human race in relationship to our comprehension coming from multiple cultures. So from billions of humans that have been on Earth, which we estimate was 109 billion just humans that have lived on this planet based off the idea that humans started to come to the Earth 300,000 years ago is when humans were started to become present on the planet. About 109 billion of us have existed. And throughout the history of the human race, there's been a consensus and a lot of elements in relation to science. And if you want a good barometer, just look at Chinese, uh, ancient Chinese like they were very knowledgeable and they lost a lot uh actually in the cultural revolution which is very sad yeah it's actually fascinating to look at cultures especially within our written history that you can go and look for instance uh well i guess this is borderline written history you look at the, the uh the ancient kingdom of put that we know that egypt traded with for so long we don't know anything about them but we know that they were a very successful thriving con- uh nation you look at uh Menelaus, which is an island where the term Minotaur comes from. Apparently, they were an insane seafaring people. The ancient Greeks dealt with them a lot. They were very well respected, well known. The only thing we have to show anything about these people now is a labyrinth that was built in their inner sanctum of one of their temples. You're talking about Crete? No. That lived in the island of Crete? I believe so, but the people themselves, we call them the Menelaus or whatever because of the Minotaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're talking about Crete. Yeah. So, but my point is that that was a massive seafaring people who mastered the sea at a very early dawn of humanity time frame, and we know nothing about them or the technology that they found because we just don't fucking know. Well, you know the Chinese were in Australia and other in the Americas over a thousand years ago. Now, and say- look at a picture of an American. I'm no, sorry. Look at a picture of a galleon of a European galleon, and then look at a picture of a chinese ship this is the size of the european ship and like the size of the chinese ship is like six seven times larger Mm, they're chinese Chinese way more advanced than the europeans the junks they they were huge compared to the spanish the spanish galleons spanish galleons yeah yeah compared to the chinese junks I would I would say this as far as or again this is a respectfully disagree with you as far as the Chinese being in Australia now if you're talking about trading with Australia back oh there's the- Chinese oh. boat on t- so this is fascinating why they say that there's a Chinese boat on top of a mountain so what happened was an asteroid impact came to Earth hit 
the sh- the water where the ship was and the ship was lifted all the way on top of a mountain there's a there's you can find up the story i think it was either in australia or new zealand you can find it there is a chinese ship on top of a mountain that was okay. dragged up because of an asteroid impact that just made a giant tsunami and just made it go up oh yeah got it that's pretty dope i was that's actually talking about that's really fascinating we're looking at aboriginal australians they're actually black so i was like okay i don't believe the chinese settled there but as far as trade like you're talking about yes yes and that's what i mean it's like i'm not i'm not saying this is the thing i guess it wasn't successful because they got killed in the tsunami (laughs) that's what i'm trying to tell you they went and then they got murdered by the tsunami um so jim bob will probably find it soon because he's now probably searching but yeah the aboriginals of Australia that have been there potentially for over a hundred thousand years are being genocide uh, in Australia to this day. So wild, bro. The Aboriginal people, so they lived in the outback where literally 90% of the wildlife is actively trying to kill you. And they survive. Survive there, thrived. Then all of a sudden, England's like, hey, we're going to dump a bunch of convicts here and it's no longer our problem. Then one thing leads to another. They lose two wars to a bunch of birds. It's this whole thing that happens. They brought you know? they brought rabbits and they brought frogs and cats. <laughs> I still can't believe they lost the emu war twice. They they have a cat problem to an extent that the government will pay you to hunt them. What? Yes, in Australia, the government pays you to hunt cats. You have to bring evidence. You, you guys, you guys would have had fun on here the other cat. day with my with my Aussie buddies. I had two two of my buddies from Australia on here uh, Saturday. We were we were picking on them about his emu problems. I tell you what, though, I just discovered that iguanas are now a problem in certain places, and you can go Dude, on. Dude, in Puerto Rico, that we are just killing all of them, and then we're exporting the meat to other countries now. So there's a couple of companies that they're like, we're just hunting them and selling them to other countries. I didn't even know this was a thing. Apparently, iguana meat is a fucking hot commodity, bro. Yes, and in other countries, yeah. Yeah. They love it. These guided tours in Florida right now, man. These air rifle little guided tours. You just pop iguanas and then grill them up for you at the end of the day. I'm like, wait, what the the fuck? I didn't even know. Iguanas are very, very dominant uh, species. They can literally live almost. I mean, the fact that they survive winters in Florida because they just stay in place and like go into a semi hibernation, like they are very big survivors. If 100 million years from now, I can see iguanas taking over the world. I can see it. I tell you what, though, I definitely want to try some. From what everybody says, it's very much like what I would consider snake to taste. You're like. close. So I'm sure there's some iguanas in, in Louisiana by now. So, to my knowledge, our bayous are iguana free. But if that ever happens, oh, oh but I'm sure you can get the meat. Like, that's what I mean. It's like you're close enough to supply chain of Florida that you'll get to get some meat available. I mean, I've had alligator. Alligator's delicious. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, like alligator is kind of a combo of chicken and fish, but super greasy more on the chicken side. You got snake, which is how do you cook it? Like, though, though, like, what's the style of cooking for alligator exactly? I mean, the standard go to is deep fried, battered and deep fried. It's uh, because gator is a very greasy meat in and of itself. Deep. It's very it's like has a high fat content. Yeah, super high fat content. And then you also look at, like I was saying, iguana, a snake, also super low fat content. If, if you think about it, when you eat an alligator, you're eating a dinosaur. Oh, yeah. You're eating an apex predator that has survived for the last three billion years, give or take. Like, sure. <laughs> Dinosaurs are definitely fake. And that's why we fuck with them. Hell, my brother will jump out of the boat and jump on a five foot gator just for the fuck of it. 
<laughs> no, I, I would say that there it, the the early st- history of dinosaurs is a bunch of crockery. So I do agree that there is some discrepancies. But there was a recent um, Joe Rogan had a uh, guest that has one of the largest reservoirs of because they own the land and they started excavating of creatures from 11,000 years ago from when potentially the younger Dryas event happened like the big flood and it's like an an enormous amount of animals we're talking thousands of animals it looks like probably the flood grabbed all those animals and just threw them all in this basin very fascinating if you want to find I'll try to think of the episode I'll put it in the link because it's fascinating you just hear about it it's like crazy the collection they have Bigger than I almost need, any museum I've ever seen. Hey, I need to cut in real quick. Uh, I need to cut out early, guys. But hey, uh, I would really hope that you guys will come back onto the show if we ever get a chance to like do it a little bit earlier our time. Um, I hope to. I hope to catch you guys again. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, definitely. And uh, Bandit, I appreciate you joining us for a while. You oh yeah, man. Man, I'll I'll catch up with you after a while. Thank you for hanging oh, yeah. out for a little bit. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. man. Have us back on the show anytime for real. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, man. We don't. That's the great thing is we don't have to cut out, you know, occasionally. Sometimes some yeah. of our co hosts bounce in and out. That's that's kind of the pleasure, I think, of having multiple co hosts. Like when I when I started this, I was all over the place and I knew everybody couldn't get in with me on the nights that I could do it. So I started kind of recruiting and made us bigger. And now, even if it's just one other person, I usually have somebody else to come in in here and sit with me. And it's just because I really appreciate different points of views, you know, like me and Luis definitely come from different walks of life, but like we can both come to agreement on some things, even if we don't agree with it, just like you guys down oh. here, which I, I find that beautiful. I think your guys' chemistry is just amazing. Like I'm, I, I had found you because of what I call my, uh, podcast family over on Instagram. You know, there's just so many awesome podcasters over there that I've had in and out on this show and stuff like that. And because of them, I stumbled across you guys and checked you out a little bit and was like, oh yeah, these guys are going to be great. I can hold conversations with these fellas. Like they're, they, you know, they're, you guys, you guys take a lot of what I believe and then what we have believed around the show and mix it into just the two of you. And I think that. That's a that's a feat of its own. So I think that's great. Like it's a winning combo, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's, it's gone well for us thus far. You yeah. know. Oh yeah, man. And I've well, you know, I've always I've always leaned on both sides of things. You know, like I'm. I, I will say that I, you know, no offense to you or anything like that, but I'm not big into the. There's an um, ominent, all-knowing sky daddy somewhere. Like I just can't. I can't grasp that one. I get that. But like. I I am a lot into that spiritual realm. A lot of people, I make the joke quite frequently that, you know, I'm married to a witch, you know, that, you know, cause she's oh. big into, you know, like she practiced a lot of herbalism and stuff like that. You know, you were just cutting out Jim. My yeah, apologies. I, am I better I, now? No. Pretty bad. It's like, you know, I got, Married to a witch, but yeah. No, no, no. I, all right, I'm I'm back now. I apologize. I don't I don't know what happened there, but you know, yeah, I make I make that joke frequently. You know that I was our, that I'm married our to internet's a witch. getting she's attacked in, right now. So she's into you know she's she's big into herbalist and natural living and stuff like that. And you know we 
a lot of that in a technical source is witchcraft, but we look at the aspects like you're over there looking at where like these, these are all these practices to get to the same answer. You see it across the board in all these different religions. And some people call it black magic. Some people call it evil. Some people practice the same exact thing, even if they don't realize that it's the same thing that, the, that they're calling evil. And like you know chakras and alignments and stuff like that like people are people are all over the place again although i want to say this in uh in regards to what he was talking about his uh what is going on jim you're cutting out you were you were you just cut out for a few minute moments i will say this though in regards to what you were talking about uh being a witch and herbal living which is more or less wiccan and more or less uh the basis of what we know now as medicine, which started out as alchemy, all of that, even as a Christian, I fully believe that we have everything on this earth to cure whatever the fuck we could come up with. I'm, we may not know how to use it to the advantage that we need, but I fully believe we have. We have literally access everything for sure for almost every possible iteration of a cure. It is the tapping into that ability to access it properly and, and decimate spread it around as a message i mean just my friend who is a chinese medicine practitioner she she heals people in ways that like i just seen hundreds of testimonials that you're like what the hell so she can cure chronic diseases just by a small interactions and a few herbs that she she mixes up together i mean she studied a lot for this as well but the fact that she's being sometimes more effective that than people that study the mainstream 300. I mean, it's because Chinese medicine has been around for thousands of years. Chinese medicine, if you really look into it in the sense of what it looks like in modern times, not what we read about on the, on the scroll. No, 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 no. There's there's a lot of great science in, in it. Like people are like dismissing it because of the language. Right, the right, language. Right. That's the problem that breaks it apart. When you when they're speaking about it, you're like, that doesn't sound any way scientific. But there's science to it. It's just they're also re re hearing a translation. You're not hearing it in in Mandarin or Cantonese. You're hearing a translation and Cantonese Mandarin to begin with. The framework of the language is different. But not just the framework of the language, but the framework of how they were writing it as well, man. These guys, anybody who was educated around that time frame, they weren't writing down recipes like that. They were writing more or less poetry. You know what I'm saying? They were so enlightened in so many regards. They were writing things down in a way that we look at now. Like you said, we may not understand exactly what they meant. But, man, when you look at Chinese medicine, especially in the world of today and how it can really benefit all of us, it is fascinating and see i was far closer i i get in i everybody goes chinese or they go you know wiccan or stuff like that and i'm i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna i'm about to throw a, i'm about to throw a curveball at you ours is more in the realm of ancient india not hindu but just ancient india in general and there's I mean, there's 1.4 billion of them, so and there's, there's so, actually going to be more of them in the future. So they did there's something. So, right? There's so much of that ancient India, because, you know, Luis, you met you referenced it earlier about some of Jesus practices and, and stuff like that and and historical record and such of him in India, not so much on the Muslim discredit end, but just him practicing kind of what is now called Hinduism in some aspects, even though there's some iffy things there. But like 
I, I just I've seen yeah, that there is talking about not the Sikhs believers. Yeah, and and I see and and I see though that like these herbs and stuff like that. Like I'm I'm big into going back to nature. Period. Like we joke a lot about part of the part of when society splits you're gonna have people like Luis would be down to like use a lot of technology and advanced and you're you cutting know, out again well i don't know what this is the only thing that's running so i don't know what's going on with my stuff like i i don't know uh try to see if anybody else is using the internet heavily like real real heavy I don't know. I was gonna say, do y'all edit this afterwards? Do y'all just full send whatever comes out? I just full send. No, he he can edit. Well, he sometimes can edit because he has edited it before. What do oh, you mean? Nice. What do you mean sometimes? Well, there's been people and things that there was happen. a there was a there was a within the first forty five seconds of an episode, somebody dropped a hard R that they shouldn't have dropped. Oh. Yeah. For uh, no real for reason, no reason of logic. For no reason, just yeah. to use it. I'm out. Time out. Time out. Are y'all? No, but it's it's episode. Wasn't it that one that was the like right. they was unlisted through Bitshoot? I think Bitshoot unlisted that episode. That was exactly Bitshoot unlisted the episode. So. The thing is, regardless, these there's certain words that every system is going to look at it and say, you know what? No. So oh, it's better to avoid it because it's on. Anyway, it's unnecessary language. It's it's especially coming from the person that said it. It was completely unnecessary. Yeah, there's no need for such derogatory comments like that. I mean, that's that's not what any of this is about. You know? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not into that. Uh, that kind of aspect. I believe in free speech. I believe you can use whatever words you can use, but if there's no reason to just get derogatory other than you're just kind of a rude person, then I'm just, you know, something like that. Yeah, I definitely had to, I did my best to add. Yeah, I think it was just literally was just, for, for shock factor. There was just issues there, but I mean, you know, I've, I see these aspects, you know, I keep going back to this and I'm not meaning to, but I see these aspects of this natural based, you know, like you kind of said, everything that we need is here on earth for us already here. And I really believe that the mixture of medicines from the earth. Oh, dang it. What's going on? I don't know. Yeah, you're cutting out big time, bro. And it's weird because when you come back, it's like nothing ever happened in your back. Nor I don't know what's up, man. No, the thing is, on your side, it could actually all be recording. So we are the dum dums, like, and and the final recording might have you completely normal. We're just not hearing a portion of what you're saying. You go to edit. Yeah. You're gonna like make a solid fucking point, and then we're gonna cut to like a whole different conversation. You make a solid point, cut to a whole new thing because we couldn't hear it. <laughs> I'm just, you know, uh, hey, all you're right. just dropping these mic drop situations. We can't come back on it. We just change subjects that much. That's oh, what's happening. Yeah, but I love that you that you that you're into the uh, the natural healing and, and just getting back to nature in general. I'm somebody I didn't vaccinate my our newest kid at all. No vaccines. No, none uh, of my three have anything like we don't do that route. Yeah, I don't. I just don't believe in the uh, medical system anymore. I don't believe in big pharma. I think that like you know if we can get back to there are there are ways of living out there that have been done for 
thousands of years. And yes, there's been plagues and whatever you want to call it, but I'm somebody, I believe that, you know, maybe those plagues were not brought on by natural reasons. Maybe they were brought on by the people who were trying to push the medicine this whole so, lot. So, so, so I will say something fascinating and you can look it up. The majority, the majority of all plagues in recorded history came from China. And I mean, like 90% of them came from China, On including the bubonic, the bubonic plague, which also happened as the little chill happened. And I literally looked it up how long the little chill happened. And I was surprised it was longer than expected from the 1300s to the 1800s. Damn. So that caused separated those those situations so they never had plagues well so the americas was way smarter than the entire world well america also had a couple of centuries worth of history to look at china i mean arguably were one of the oh the americas had thousands of years it's just they erased a bunch of it but the americas have thousands of years of history you you can look into it like we have recorded now more information they have thousands of years of history we just have a limited perception of it, but there's thousands of years of history That's there. Fair. Are you somebody that believes in Tartaria? Tartaria is interesting. Yeah. I don't like. I I can I can imagine something like Tartaria existed, and the Mongolian Empire was a rewriting of it. See, that's what I was about to say. I believe that you and I believe in different things about Tartaria because you think Tartaria means mud flood. I think Tartaria means the Tartars, which is also what later became the Huns, which we now know as Mongolia. So yeah, just 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 think back to your history class and think there were first the Visigoths and then the Huns and wait 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 it was the Visigoths the Huns and the Mongolians. Well, the Huns were the Mongolians, but if we're talking about you're talking about against the mm. Roman Empire. Well, yeah, when you when you speak about the collapse, but the collapse of the Roman Empire took a very long time because people don't understand it was the degradation of the entire system. What because about of the lead poisoning? What, a, what <laughs> about what about what about the plausibility that Genghis Khan was uh, redheaded? I mean, the thing about genetics that people have learned uh, we we got very wrong is that. First of all, almost every single possible iteration of a human being exists in Africa. Even blue eyes are naturally occurring in a certain tribe of Africa. There's another sure, tribe right. in Africa has the highest level of bio, like of genetic diversity on the face of the earth. They are basically the best type of humans on earth and they live in Africa. Uh, I wish I could tell you the exact tribe, but like they have the highest genetic diversity because there was a portion of time, several times throughout history, that the population of the earth has imploded because of catastrophic disasters. But Africa was just like in the right spot where it didn't get as affected. So they didn't die off. But you can look in Europe and other parts, massive amounts of inbreeding. And that has caused those genetic traits that you see in the European nations. Well, in, in Africa, you could see it's actually they're, they're, they're well off. They're okay. 
Yeah. And I'll give you that. And as far as Genghis Khan being redheaded, I would have to respectfully disagree strictly because we have multiple paintings of the dude and he we have iterations. We have iterations. I'm not saying this. Yeah, we have we have pictures just like just like we have iterations of Jesus as a white guy. Fair enough. Fair point. And however, well, the thing is also Genghis Khan um, also screwed a lot of people. So there's a portion of the planet that's related to him. Six percent. Six percent of the world's population is a direct descendant of him from his fucking from coast to coast. That's why I'm going to say I don't believe he was redheaded because the redhead population of Earth is way under six percent and none of it comes from that section of the globe. But that's just me, though. That's just I, me. See, and and I'm also somebody that's actually seen redheaded Asian people, naturally redheaded oh, Asian. people. There is. Yeah, so, that is a real thing. Like I there's. I don't know. I, I I put plausibility to it. I mean, every every time I ever do, I, this is exactly what I get from all ends of it. Is all, you know, I'm just going to say it's impossible. I'm going to yeah. say it's not probable. Were you getting at that Genghis Khan could have been a uh, a giant, a redheaded yes. giant? Yes, it was. Okay. And they called him small because that's more well. In Napoleon, perfect example of mis mis representation of their body napoleon was tall he was five nine and for that time period that's tall as hell he was not five nine man yes. look it up oh um, no no this is getting the juju right now I hold on super believe it's a five nine yeah look it up at five ten i'm a super giant bro. that's what i'm saying i thought napoleon no but 300 years ago that's tall yeah, hold yeah, on yeah, i knew yeah. that napoleon wasn't exactly a dwarf by any means but i thought that he was around like five Four, five, three, maybe. Hold on nope. now. Nope, 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 nope. Minimum five, six, but for sure, I believe he was five, nine. How would they know this anyway? Did they find well, the see, there's says... because because he was painted? There's measurements. There's clothes. The clothing. The clothing's the easiest way. Remember, there's clothing of the time. With five, six. Yeah, okay, five, five, six. Sorry, I, I it's inverted a, the, the the nine. But it's still, a British. It's it tall. says all right. Yeah, I've got right here. It says that for the autopsy stuff that the dude in somewhere gave him a height of five two but back to doing with the clothes and stuff he's somewhere between five six and five seven which in, per in, my period that's like a slightly shorter than average guy no that's actually the opposite slightly taller remember the malnutrition and everything he was actually pretty tall for the time like Wild. abraham lincoln was a giant yeah no six, he was two. a so now imagine 300 years before that Sorry, 200 years before that. Um, yeah, he was actually pretty tall for the time. It, it, they just made up that Napoleon complex. They, you, the British just made that shit up. It was just propaganda. Have you heard of the theory that Abe Lincoln was a black man? Have you heard of the theory that Abe Lincoln was actually a psychopath that didn't care about the slaves? It wasn't. It wasn't a theory. That's a fact. Lincoln was nothing but a tyrant. Yes, just it was written like in the documents that if garbage. he could have stopped the war without freeing the slaves, he would have. Absolutely. Right. And there, yes, the possibility because of his family, she technically could have. I mean, that's not even the first person that technically could have been the, a black president. So, yeah. Right. Right. Again, what you would consider today as as African-American, like black, what you consider black today. Yeah. Yes, it's a possibility. But at the same time, Abe Lincoln, we have actual 10 type photos of him from multiple different sources. So, like, I'm just going to. Oh, we're talking about. Well, the thing is, the, the features of his face, though, it shows gigantism. So you can look up what gigantism is, right? Um, it's a it, I, I know friends that have gigantism, but they're more in the six set, like six eleven range of height. His stopped 
but there's two types of gigantism one that stops and one that continues you never want to have the one that continues because that's the how the guy that was not eight nine like yeah, he died he died of a simple foot infection because he yeah. was so big that his stuff didn't fit him yeah he was constantly growing but then you also look at Abe Lincoln, dude himself. Yeah, he was also. I would say he had a form of giantism. That's yeah, fair. it's the so the pituitary gland just just is larger than it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be literally like this big, and his is larger. So your skull physically gets larger, and your body by proportion starts to get larger as. But I also think he had a lot of mental issues as well. If you look at the reports from Mary Todd, bro, uh, apparently Abe Lincoln like was super, uh, almost like a uh, uh, NPC. For a lot of his entire life, the only time he really showed his quote-unquote uh, normal human side is whenever he would roll on the floor with their family cats and purr and meow at them. I don't he think that would be considered NPC. I would think that would be more of a because NPC just means the they have no, they have no ex expression. I would say he's more um, sociopathic. Yeah, which he also was interred at a mental institution very early in his uh, quote-unquote political career. And uh, the whole time he was just happy as hell, you know, just, yeah, I'm here. I we'll think you're describing more of sociopathic because NPC is more of a description of people that just have no opinions. Well, from what I was told or not, what I was told, excuse me, from what I read from reports of him, he was very monotone. He very rarely showed emotion. He very rarely showed sociopath. That describes more of a sociopath. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it's, it makes enough. sense. There's lots of sociopaths in, in, in governance and corporate corporations because that's kind of the only thing that rocks their boat oh what was that thing about uh lincoln that the family guy episode brought up talking about the uh slave gladiator dome that like he didn't exactly free all the slaves come to find out was actually based on some real things he had fucking mandingo fights sanctioned under his you know command or whatever could, even could, after the same could you show us that freed. that's crazy could what can you elaborate on that insanity that he do i mean that's crazy was when was this happening in relationship to his presidency or relationship to the to the war do you guys remember timeline wise was this before after in between uh way before all the above, all the above. which is very crazy because robert e lee who was blasted as being this horrible tyrant of a slave owner you know he actually didn't own any slaves the slaves that he inherited from his wife's family he actually freed and hired them to be his workers his so land robert e lee was so, okay, that's a good way of rewriting a, a message. Robert E. Lee actually freed the slaves that he inherited. Well, here's the okay. thing. Robert e. Lee, the North wanted him to be their general, but whenever he was approached by the Union, he couldn't, because Virginia had seceded, and he was from Virginia, and he could not fight his Virginian brethren. Why do you think, to this day, Robert E. Lee is so this uh, horrible racist? Well, it depends on what side you're looking at, right? We have this... Uh, What's a, uh, we have the obvious uh, spin story of the North that every single Confederate was a slave owner. Everyone was a, a horrible Satanist and all this shit, right? But then we also have this uh, lost cause fantasy, especially in the South, especially when you have like the reenactments and shit that make it out to be that these Confederate generals were good, sanctioned Christian men who were just trying to uphold their, their Southern values. And yes, yes, slavery was a part of that. and It was bad, but that wasn't the main goal. And you know what I'm saying? Either way you look at it, there's a false narrative. To there's piece. there's there's more nuance than the idea of slavery. There was also a trade the issue that was related to the power dynamics of the North and the South. And right. to begin with, like 
the war was fought basically between European weapons and the North's weapons. So the North had their own weapons and the South had to buy them from Europe. So basically the North had all the factories and all the technology, but the South had all the manpower. They, well, for a time they did anyway, but then we had a couple of really, really big losses. Couldn't really bounce back from them. Robert E. Lee made a very critical mistake at a very critical time. And that was pretty much the, uh, the death stroke for the, the confederacy but beside the point history is written by the victors that's, that's exactly that's like what it what it all boils down to exactly. and that's why whenever anybody is trying to referencing anything historical that really that there's not really a lot of proof on it's hard to believe you know whenever we talk about uh which which of these characters were black or white or what you know what color was jesus you know anything <laughs> historical it's always just going to be a lie agreed upon and but that's the I, thing we have to then see. Okay, so what was the discussion back then? That's the that's really where you can get to the crux of like the discussion, well, and that's a fascinating I mean, part. Imagine fighting like real like news discussions on the subject because there was also yellow journalism. So even back then, there was a form of propaganda that was really retarded. Like general journalism, just read some old stuff. It's really ridiculous. There's, I mean, there, there there is there is quite the amount of like journalism stuff and things out there of people talking about how much of a tyrant that Lincoln was because of his constant moves into just doing things the way that he pleased. And, you know, there, there was quite the big pushback and I will always stay, I'll stand on that hill with you there, man, that something that was only affecting 6% of the American population at that time was definitely not the cause of the war. And, and, I've there's a there's always a book I quote quite frequently on here and I've been tracking for years and I finally actually got a copy of it and through PDF and stuff after looking for things because I had seen it at one point in time. The book that was like four thousand bucks. Yeah, and well, okay, so when I first ran across it, it was a couple hundred dollars. A few years down the road, it was like almost a thousand bucks. And I happened to make a TikTok video about it being almost a thousand bucks, saying this is how they suppress information. They make it unreachable for the average person to get their hands on it. And then when I finally found a copy of the book again, a hard, a hard physical copy of the book, it was over five thousand dollars to get a copy of this book. And I, it, it took me some time searching again and I did finally run across it in PDF. Thanks to my co-host on makes you think on Saturday nights on the red pill project. Vince hooked me up with this page that gives me PDFs whenever I can't find things. And it, this book not only depicts the stories about Lincoln definitely being a tyrant and, you know, people being against that and against a lot of what he was doing, but it also depicts and has old school 1800 style pictures of white slave children because if you were born a slave regardless of your color you were a slave so i will mention on that in puerto rico we were taught there were white slaves but evidently i was talking to you and i was talking to other people evidently most americans don't know there were white slaves they tell like, you that they how the hell do you not know there were white slaves obviously yeah. they were not the majority there were white slaves a substantial yeah. amount of them. Yeah. So no one really knows about the story of Oliver Cromwell. No one really knows about. I know the, Oliver Cromwell. I do. Know. I think it's because I come from Puerto Rico. They were like, yeah, we're going to tell you the truth. <laughs> the Caribbean islands, especially, man, Puerto Rico, Tortuga, Barbados, tobacco, uh, 
plantations, sugar plantations, a lot of the white Irish indentured servants, quote unquote, indentured servants that were being essentially their indentured servant contract was being sold to a plantation owner in Barbados. Uh, I, I'll, I'll mention as well, um, a white person going into the Caribbean um, after just just imagine like they're all white and they all reproduce between each other. They'll still turn dark like people. People don't comprehend the simple explanation that if you take a leader, they will turn darker. You take a very dark person from the equator and you put them in Norway in a few, like a few generations, they will be very white or they will be very dark. It's because of the exposure to radiation from the sun. I will say this much, though, speaking on behalf of all the uh, people with some thick Irish blood in them, yo, the sun is not our friend. It's going to take more than four or five generations to go from burning. No, no, but it's it's, it's progress. Yeah, it's, it it happens because like it happens to my mom. Like my mom, like she told me, it's like I was whiter before, <laughs> like, and and she just progressively got darker. And people, we so we after when you have very long term exposure, uh, you are progressively. Like, I've gotten whiter again, but I was naturally darker. And when I, I get like a lot of sun, I'm way darker. I turn like a whole shades darker. That's crazy how much I turn. And my and my other friends, there's a few friends. We turn like massive shade. Like it's a crazy spectrum. We change. See, I have two tones, dude. I got pasty. I got lobster. There is no toning off. There is no using enough sunscreen. That nah, dude. I, it's just is what it is. I'm wearing flannels year round in the summertime in louisiana i'm still rocking flannel and jeans even without the flannel and jeans well, you got oh randomly around that you know the term redneck that was made a like a random slur uh rednecks were the people that were protesting the first protesters that came from the mines of the south and was rednecks cold. was related to the red bandanas they were wearing to identify themselves as they were fighting the 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 coal mine they basically made the unions rednecks created unions Basically, yeah, that was the first time that the coal. So the rednecks are actually a positive force on the earth. The original rednecks. I still think rednecks are a positive force on the <laughs> earth today. I'm just gonna throw but that. But I out. mean, like uh, historically, they they were a very prominent, powerful force against powerful establishment of protesting against in relationship to coal mining. I hear in you. The South, I, I believe this was. Yeah, like the Carolinas. We have so many different versions of people in Louisiana. We got rednecks, we got coon asses, we got Creoles, we got Cajuns, we got all kinds of mixes in this motherfucker. I'm gonna be real. Are you guys like Louisiana, Louisiana, born and raised Louisiana? Uh, so I am. No, no, I'm I'm originally from Pennsylvania, um, uh, but we moved down here whenever I was 16. So I've been down here as He's as been long as I was. Yeah, as long as I was in Pennsylvania, I've now been in Louisiana as long. Okay, so you now you're both. Yeah. He's, he's, I'll say he's at least got a little bit of some Cajun in him, for sure. Yeah. The spice. I'm about to say, you yeah, know how dude. to flavor your food. So, I mean, yes. you got points in that regard as well. That's more than most white people can say. I do love spicy shit. It's my favorite. I mean, Jim Bob's cooking, dude. Uh, I'm not saying all. I'm saying the vast majority of white people need to, at one time in your life, wow. let somebody from a different culture introduce you some spices I'm... that you before what do you so think I'm, latinos cook all the food i'm, dude? I'm big uh, my my top two foods are caribbean and middle eastern like that's those are my go-to for a lot of things because i just love i I've, I've spent a lot of time with some guineas people and stuff and they mix a lot of that together anyway like indian food with caribbean food and stuff i mean and, and the guyanese just, well it's oh. the influence from india actually the west and that's why they call west indies like the west indians the 
Indian influence in, in South America is enormous, especially in, in Guyana. It's very big because they're actually, I think, over 15% of the population. Yeah, East India Trading Company. That was a big post that they made. So these ships were coming straight from India, straight on into that uh, into Guyana. So you got in a lot today's of in today's value. I think they were estimated to be valued around seven eight trillion. Fucking hey, man! As a private company <laughs> with its own military, obviously their own military, their own network, their own fortifications. They had whole wars, bro. Ah. Opium. Well, they lasted hundreds of years. The East India Trading Company, I think, lasted for like three hundred years. Four thousand seven hundred and ninety-five dollars for the book that I was speaking of a little earlier. Forgotten cause of the Civil War: A new look at the slavery issue. Whoa! Now, yep. that's the price tag. What What was the main reason for the small amount of prints? It just became prominent later after the, the photo. Know, the the photo. The photos sure, of sure. the white slaves sure. is the reason they canceled this book. Were these, in fact, white indentured servants, or were these the half-breed offspring of like a Thomas Jefferson situation that were brought? Yeah, they were. And there were the, the indentured class, which is just slavery with extra trickery. Uh, right. We're like, yeah, come over here, work for 20 years, and then you're free. I'm like, uh-huh. it's it's still slavery with a different flavor. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. I mean, we have that slavery today. Now, that's what I'm asking. Like, you know, especially with the tin type, the black and white like this, I'm wondering if a lighter skin tone of a, for, for instance, mulatto skin complexion with that flash in the pan might look white in the tin type, or if that is, in fact, like an Irish indigenous servant. I don't know. Well, I, I would tell you, based on my knowledge with photography uh, and that type of black and white, um, part of the reason you see that special reflection, especially in the darkest tones. Um, I've seen, for example, there's certain people, especially in North Africa, their darkness, their reflection is silver tone. So okay. like, you know, when you get sunshine on you, it's like a whitish, like, but sometimes like it differs, but when they get sunshine, it's like a silverish tone. So it's basically, they have natural sunblock <laughs> that we don't have. Uh, and that yeah. is uh, an advantage in many situations. And actually, what's funny with the eyes, um, when you have blue eyes, it like everybody can have blue eyes. It's the lack of melanin in your eyes. Wow. So the so only you can so you can get surgery to turn your eyes blue or green. So in India, they're starting to do that. Basically, they remove the melanin in your eye and they turn your eyes into lighter tones. That's, that's a, a surgery that you can find that's being done in India all over the place. That's a mid diesel did in Riddick. <laughs> No, but I mean the surgery to make it permanent. You know, a little shine job in jail for 20 menthol cools, if I'm not mistaken, was the going rate. I'm oh, yeah, for the for the basically what was the night vision. Yeah, essentially. So I'm a bit of a movie nerd. Anyway, I believe all cools are menthols. I, I don't know all why cools are that. menthols. That's no, wait, no, there's red cools. There's red cools. Nope, there is red cools. Is there? What? I believe I've seen them. Yep. Look at them. Movie, there's whatever. red Newports. Yeah, I knew about the red new ports. I believe there's red menthol. I believe there's red. It might be my brain just making it up, but maybe red. Look, no, just look it up. Why would he even mention that they were menthol cools in the movie? I was like, why? Would- That's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. But maybe I didn't know they made red cools. Hey, you learn something new every day, gents. I don't know. I used. Oh, to but smoke- have you read? So in the U.S., they don't publish this. 
the amount of nicotine that is in cools is like 1.5. The amount of nicotine in marble reds, 0.9. The amount of nicotine in ultralights, 0.3. What they don't mention to you outside of the flavor, it's the intensity of the nicotine. Newport's 1.2. It's a measurement of how much nicotine is in them. And that's why part of the reason they want to ban them is because the nicotine content is extremely high. And honestly, like, they're really shitty for you. There's, there's no, there's no net benefit to smoking a Newport in your life. It's literally poison. New, I'm saying, bro, American Spirit Blacks, high nicotine, and they're no, all no, no. Those American Spirit also has crap. You got if you want to smoke clean tobacco, find uh, the sources. They sell them in tobacco shops. Just you got to roll up yourself. That's what I'm saying. Yes. The black pack, because that tobacco was grown right outside of where I work. As a matter of fact, the Perique tobacco is only grown. At that one spot, there's only 12 acres of it in, in existence. Wow. That, that's actually, actually pretty impressive. Yeah. And my like extended family are the farmers that grow it. So I can speak on that one. American On that version, pack. the black, the black pack, which I never see anyway. So it's pretty rare. I never see the black pack. I see generally the 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 turquoise, the yellow. The black, the black market for cigarettes in New York is great, though. Like when I was in Buffalo, bro, like I, there's no lie there. You go to the Indian reservation and come back with with cartons for a quarter of the price and go make bank on your way back into town. Dude, it gets down on the res. I'm going to be real with you. Oh, dude. Like, so, fuck. so my parents live out in Arizona and there is an Indian reservation just not not far from where they live. And dude, you can go get a straight up whole carton of cigarettes for like thirteen bucks. Yeah, it's retarded. Bags. But I will say this: when you're on the res, bear in mind your fucking manners. You you in you in a whole oh, other dude. territory where that was no. Oh, you, did you see o- Oklahoma? Technically, now is Indian territory. It's Native yeah. American territory. Sorry, not not Indian. I, I apologize um, to any to Native natives. I'm sorry. It's just like the ingrained crap that we we're taught. And for example, Navajo is not really their name either. I forgot the original name, but Navajo is Navaja, which is related to the knives. It was a Spanish word. It's an insult. So that's not their real name um, of the Navajo people. It's it's something else. That is they so interesting. It I, with it. I used to date a Navajo. Uh, Indian. That's not their real name. She was so proud of Navajo say, Nation. They yeah, so yeah well, Navajo. But okay, the people, yes, but that's not the term in their language. That was a Spanish word that was then adapted. Yeah, just like a uh, Choctaw is not what they called themselves. Is what the the white people. For example, they say Eskimo, which is a slur. It's Inuit. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. And I, and I, re- I had to call somebody out. Was like, stop saying it. it's 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 literally a slur to them, like legit a slur. Oh, I dude, we got called know. out for that. There you go. I was unaware. I thought that Eskimo was a label of a type of Arctic tribe. I didn't mm. slur. Woo, I got. Then I got, we discovered. Oops! It was the the, the douchebags that were calling them that. It's Inuit, uh, the Canadian Inuit. I mean, the Canadian Alaskan Inuit. Yeah. Because there's also Inuit in Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. So learned my lesson on that one, which is it sucks because I actually feel like I'm a little more uh, well-versed as far as... If you want to learn about those tribes, there is a photographer that did a very deep dive and a beautiful photography story on their hunting and the food and everything. Um, If you want to explore that, it's, it's truly fascinating. He just literally lived with them like the ones that literally live the traditional life 
lived with them, ate with them, lived exactly the life they live. And it was absolutely beautiful to see that documentation of people living in extreme conditions and how innovative we are. Like, it doesn't matter. You live in the other side of the planet in the snow. They are very, very smart. Humans are very, very smart, adaptive creatures. That is why we're at the top of the food chain, brother. For now. For now. I mean, until, until the grays or the violets it, or the reptilians except, well, come around. Except, you know, I brought this up with my Australia, with my Australian friends. Except for that eight percent that thinks that they can fist fight a lion, and that six percent that thinks that they can fist fight a bear. Those guys are not at the top of the food chain. <laughs> I remember reading, hearing about this report, and it's like, okay, real shit. It was like, uh, what percentage of humans believe they could fight this animal, that animal? One of them was like a vole. And the sad part about that one was like, there's like 10% of people out there that don't believe that they could beat a vole, which is about the size of a fucking small mouse rodent, in hand-to-hand combat. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I appreciate your honesty that you know. (laughs) You you can't beat a rat. You're so bad when it comes down to fisticuffs that you know you cannot beat a small rodent that your body weight alone could crush. Okay, sick. Then you get to like a, a bald eagle. And it's like, okay. Keep in mind, the bitch got like seven inch talons on it. Then a full grown bald eagle, if it catches you unaware, could hurt you severely. Bro, they pick up whole fucking deers and carry them off. Like, I'm sorry, you're not, you're not, you're not going to get well, baby, baby deers, but yeah. Well, I'm not saying it could carry a grown man off, but I guarantee it could, it could kill you. It before- could carry a small child. Of like a like a toddler. Okay, for sure. well, we're talking about somebody my size, I guess now, so it could totally carry me off. Fair, fair. You're but not then, that tiny motherfucker. Then you got like a grizzly bear, a silverback gorilla, a lion, and there's legitimately eight percent of of adults voting people. Let's keep that one in mind. These are people that are allowed to vote, mm-hmm. believe that they could take on a silverback in hand to hand. Yeah, with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, that's not a very good idea. Some of those gun. creatures. You have a nine millimeter, and there's a full size gorilla. I'm not betting on you, man. A nine you millimeter will barely scratch him. I might try to use it to scare him for the noise, and then I'll save that last one for myself, dog. I'm gonna be real with you. That silverback will get real pissed if I start playing around with a nine. This nine millimeter will barely penetrate them. That's how <laughs> thick they are and how much stronger they are compared to us. I mean, a chimpanzee will rip you apart. Their Dude. strength is almost triple our strength. People underestimate how strong chimps really are, bro. I've seen them rip car tires in half. Yes. Uh, do you guys see the, the 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 human-like chimp that used to smoke and was like, oh, like borderline, like a uh, like very small amount of hair, so he looked like a human being? Well, we had a chimp at the local uh, uh, water park, amusement park here. Her name was Candy, and they would give her a pack of cigarettes a week and a six-pack of beer. Hell, if you just light a cigarette and throw it in there, she she loved a cigarette, dude. She stayed there for like 40 years. Blue Bayou, they used to have that chimp. Yeah, Before yeah. that, she was in another park and did the they same thing. They used to thing. have to tell you not to give her cigarettes. Dude, she would <laughs> yeah. smoke it the fuck. She still gave her cigarettes. Oh, yeah. yeah, monkey see, monkey do, man. Yeah, yeah. I However, mean, of course they're going to find it addictive if we find it addictive. For sure, for sure. It's not like she had anything better to do with her time. Like, she's in a fucking cage with nothing going on. Like, yo, you throwing me a Joe? My dog, what's up? I mean, what if we're in a cage? We just don't know it. I think we are, bro. We're in a dome. Well, let me rephrase that. (laughs) Let me rephrase that. I believe that this flesh suit that we call a body 
it could be considered a form of a entrapment and an experiment. I mean, I I also look up the zoo theory. It's not far fetched theory that we are being observed um, by um, a species of higher intellect and and more advanced intelligence, and uh, we're basically the same way we're looking at animals in a zoo. We're inside of planet Earth, and they block the signals related to their existence. We're starting to break the veil of it, but we still can't. And that could actually be a big explanation for a lot of the phenomenon that you see all over the place, especially all the UFO stuff that's coming out. I don't know if it's a lot of people creating fake stuff or the UFO sightings are getting off the chain. Insane. I think both are going on at the same time. And I believe the reason why Donald Trump made sure to make the Space Force a thing before he dipped out of office. I'm going to throw those out. Yeah, because they were joking. Like if there was a president that was going to state that there's aliens would be Donald Trump. And the thing is, if you ask him, his answer is the vaguest, but kind of confirming accent. Like, cause so was Obama. Obama's answer kind of was like, if, if I told you I'd have to kill you. Meanwhile, Trump is like, by the way, space is a definite fighting frontier. I'm making the space force. And by the way, two weeks before I get out of office, I'm dropping all of the docs about extraterrestrials. By the way, we've known about them the whole I, time. Drop, and I'm out this bitch. Later. So they did not disclose what they were supposed to disclose. They did not. They did not comply with the orders. And I remember um, there's been sometimes the conversation of uh, when presidents come into office, one of the biggest data dumps is like, oh, this is the shit you can't do. Like the whole spiel of this is actually how this thing actually runs. And that's likely one of the conversations they have. I mean, that's fair. But I also believe that both are happening, man. I believe that there are extraterrestrials out there. There's some sort of force out there. And I believe of air defense of Canada. For them, we don't exactly know what it's doing, but it is emitting a radio uh, pulse. We don't know if it's a, if it. Then, well, then they were saying that Tesla uh, started listening to that yes, signal and, and then was kind of freaked out by it. I don't know more about that, but I know Tesla acknowledged the existence of the everybody Dark has acknowledged that it's out there. Nobody can acknowledge what it is, who put it there, or anything about it. Nobody's gone and touched it or tried to board it or anything, or at least that's what they tell us. Yada yada yada. But what I am saying is that we also have a lot of naval pilots that are coming out now and saying that they, in the last five years, have gotten a new updated type of radar system and they're able to see a lot of flying objects that they were not able to see up until this point. And when they get closer, they're able to see with their own eyes these flying objects that no country can account for. The maneuvers that these things are doing, the speed at which they are going, it is, in, it is impossible by any lone laws of physics or and the thing is, you have outside of California, what looks like a, a base of operations, a USO op. Like, I don't know if you've seen videos of this location. It's a few miles off the coast of California. They're like the USO, the un, uh, unidentified submerged objects that fly around and go back into the water is ridiculously high in that region. And there was a case, a documented case in Puerto Rico that for two weeks, a whole collective of ships followed a UFO. So this was in the 60s. They just they they were astounded from the sky and then they went underwater and then they kept tracking it uh, through radar. 
but then it went up into space like instantaneously at speeds that they could not like they measured it it was like 500 knots it's insane speeds that we can't achieve and there's more and more stories like that that are coming forward and more and more things being confirmed so when your boy donnie t was like yo we're making the space force i know it's going to sound stupid but trust me you're going to want america to have a military presence in space in the upcoming years i'm not telling you why but here's the doc you know how big the u.s budget is the real budget the military 1.2 trillion oh easily i i don't even that was the budget before donald trump he accidentally said the real budget in a in a conference u.n conference because he was complaining about how little the europeans spent Here's what I'm going to say as far as the military budget of the number that we're being told. First of all, that's a lie. Second of all, the amount that the U.S. Department of Defense has at its disposal, I want every person listening to understand. We're talking about an unfathomable amount of money, resources, time, materials. A trillion dollars is an unfathomable amount of money. In in real shit, dude, a billion dollars is unfathomable to most people. Like, let's just call that for what it is. If I was to tell somebody a billion with a B dollars in their account right now, most people really don't understand that that's now a superpower. You know what I mean? Now, I mean, the, so once you're a billionaire, you're pretty much a king. That's my point. You you mm-hmm. now have the superpower to make any problem go away because of just something you inherently have. That's a superpower, in my opinion. So when you got an unfathomable <laughs> amount of money, we're talking trillions with a T that they're willing to just burn every single year. Yeah. They just had an audit. They couldn't they couldn't uh, report for several trillions and they have failed every single audit since they started doing audits. Oh my god, wasn't it 9/11 building 7 they were trying to find 7 trillion dollars No, was- so it was so close. It was in the Pentagon. The wing of the Pentagon that blew up was the <laughs> wing that had all the personnel investigating the two trillion dollars, the two point one trillion dollars that Donald Rumsfeld mentioned on September 10th. And World Trade Center seven. The interesting part about it is that when an event of such a scale happened in New York, World Trade Center seven inside had a bunker system. Also, uh, the CIA had offices there, I believe, like almost every agency had offices there, but it had a bunker system. So it had a it was a heavily fortified building because it had an internal bunker around the 23rd floor. So that's part of the reason why you cannot simply say that it imploded when it was more heavily fortified than every other building around it. I'll give you. okay. I've never heard that side of it, but I'll be honest with you that. Yeah, look it up. Like there was a bunker system inside of the building for uh, the elected officials to go into in the case of a biological attack. And we're talking that hermetically sealed. Okay, so yeah, look into it. Yeah, I've said this before and I'll say it on y'all show as well. I will. I will take every conspiracy I've ever said or thought back right now confirmed and I will walk away from it all. If anyone can give me a real reason how building seven fell when nothing hit it. I oh, it's, I mean, it's thermite. I mean, it's the use of explosives. There's no, there's no question about it. And that's just all explosives the and thermite. Yeah. All the people that say the conspiracy heads are just fucking psychos. We don't know. What we're talking. It's about. not a theory that it imploded. It's right. a physical fact when you look at it, and that the fact that no building in modern times that is higher than eight stories high. Because until recent, until air conditioning and until certain um, ventilation systems existed, you couldn't build past eight floors in most countries because of heat. I could see that. 
Sure. So that's actually one of the main reasons in Europe you don't see a building over eight stories. It's because heat rises to the top floor. It was on unlivable. The 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 but actually the 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 Muslim world figured out how to bypass that problem with interesting uh, architectural designs. But that's a whole different thing. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, that's always been my big talking point. If they if you believe the conspiracies are all crazy and that we don't know what we're talking about. Explain that one to me, and I'll uh, I'll walk away from it all. Until that time, here we are, man. Just gonna say that, and I think we are gonna have to wrap up here soon, gents. I don't know how long y'all usually go for, but we usually nope. go for about this. Hour. Yeah, hour, hour and a half, sometimes two. It just varies from time to time, you know. I do appreciate. We've gone four hours once. <laughs> we, have. we have, you know, I do appreciate the conversation that has been had tonight. You know, you guys have been an absolute blast. I actually can't wait for the next time. You come back around and we definitely love return guests because that's how we make friends, man. And conversations evolve. And, you know, in a way, we're trying to build our build our own little system going here, man. You know, we, we're, we're all kind of like minded people. And I think the more of us that connect together, the better we're better off. We're going to be there towards the end because Bennett had to jump out early, but I know he'd back me up here. If you look throughout history, humanity has been through a whole bunch of crap. But at the end of the day, humanity always prospers and moves forward humanity isn't going anywhere anytime soon and take a take a break from the doom and gloom every now and then folks and just laugh a little bit because those morons up there that make it look like they're pulling the strings that are a bunch of puppets are just that whether it be klaus whether it be putin whether it be biden they're all just a bunch of dorks up there trying to do things that you couldn't probably even fathom to begin with and they sure as hell don't know how to run a country so you know, I wouldn't worry about it too much on too often unless they start threatening each other with bombs. And then, you know, make sure you got somewhere good to go. But go. is there any is there any, you know, last minute thoughts, concerns or anything you'd like to say on where we can find you guys? Yeah, so we are um, we're on all podcast platforms everywhere. You can search for us on, you know, Spotify, Apple, pretty much everything. Um, we also have uh, Instagram at Cult of Conspiracy, Facebook at Cult of Conspiracy um yeah we have we're on literally everything true social telegram tiktok all at cult of conspiracy except for tiktok is cult of conspiracy 37 um and for anybody that wants to uh sign up and watch the actual video of us and not just listen to these beautiful voices they want to see the beautiful faces that go along with the beautiful voices you can go to rockfin.com slash cult of conspiracy and uh yeah it's pretty much a um it's a free speech platform everybody that was banned off of youtube headed over to rockfin it's a great place man not it's, gonna lie it's just the place to be and yeah, as far as for all of your uh, your listeners and your fans out there i would leave you with this okay i don't care what opinion you may have on whatever topic you may have it on okay if you're going to die on a hill for a stance let it be a stance that you truly believe in your heart and that it's not something that you're just regurgitating information of stuff you've been told if you're going to take your stance let it be your stance and that's all I have to say on that. Oh, that's that's beautiful. You know, I love that. And you guys know I will make sure that I have each and every one of these links that go along with getting back to these guys for sure, because that's the way I roll over here. And you guys will you guys will get a good look at their face on this episode over here because you guys can find us everywhere. You can watch us visibly that you guys know about Odyssey Rumble and Bit Shoot. And we're audio all over. And I appreciate each and every one of you out there listening and doing so. And of course, 
a way I've been trying to show my appreciation here recently has been uh, a little bit of a giveaway. But before I get on to the giveaway, I do want to bump over to Luis and see if he's got any final thoughts for tonight. Just have conversations and discover other people's perspectives because we can have, like we had today, completely civilized discussion, no screaming, no shouting matches, just the conversation. And then we evolve and we learn from each other different perspectives and different ideas. Just converse, converse. Just do people. My apologies. And as far as as far as Rokefin, I'm actually on there on Saturday nights. If you guys ever check anything out over there, I'm on a, a show called Makes You Think. That's a live show that I do Saturday nights with Vince Taglavia over there on the Red Pill Project. I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it's always a blast over there doing that. I haven't gotten to the live aspect yet. I got enough going on. We're trying to keep these things recorded. So, but it it's still a blast, man. But I do appreciate you guys so much tonight. It's been it's, you guys have been kind of exactly what I was expecting, man. Just a just a just an awesome, awesome group. I can't wait for you guys to come back for sure again. And all those folks out there, I, I know you're waiting for me to get to it. So I'm going to hurry up and get to it. As you know, we're doing pirate riddles to give away one of these cool unconstitutional awakening, the podcast stickers. We're going to be having some new stickers soon, as soon as we finish giving away this, this round of them. So <clears throat> you guys know, if you go over there to unconstitutionalawakening.com and find this episode, answer the answer the question or answer this riddle on this ep- on the episode at the website and I'll get right back to you so that we can get you one of these stickers. So tonight's question is he was a famous pirate, the one everyone feared with a little color and a little facial hair. And, and this fearful pirate was, and of course you guys just have to leave me that answer and you'll get your sticker. So aside from that, I'll talk to you guys soon. So we're going to weigh anchor and get out of here. Good night, everyone.